This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, we go deep on Fury. Fury got played. Uh, the most searched for cannabis strains in the USA on Leafly. Andy played Monster Hunter Generations for the 3DS. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is coming out, and Destiny 2 is squarely in the rearview mirror. We look at weed that'll help you improve your workout. Or your nature hike, you stoners. And a new WoW expansion was announced. That's cool. And plenty of other jazz. We'll also be uh, settling in for a little smoke sesh with our strain and our munchie of the week. So stick around for that because it's going to be a good old time. I'm your host, Andy. And with me, as always, is Dank Dan. Hey, Alley Kits and Alley Cats. Let's do this thing. Oh, man. <laughs> alley Kits and Alley Cats. Where'd you come up with that one? Watch the Aristocrats this weekend? You know, I'm a noodle-loving motherfucker. And when it comes to cats... Um, doing what they do best, which is uh, getting on the puss puss. Let's watch the aristocrats. All right. All sorts of things that could have been said under the influence of drugs. Very good. Uh, so how are you, Dan? Um, it's been, wow, been squarely seven days since we've recorded. And uh, what have you been up to, my good man? Well, I'm a little bit upset by a sexual experience I had last night. Oh, but no. We, weren't, we that, said we weren't going to talk about this. Well, listen, you've written it here into the show notes. It says... Dank Dan had a bad sexual experience. and I, oh, That's I got, only because I, I knew it was a certainty, not I, because I wanted you to talk about I'm it. I'm reading your fanfic again. That's my bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little up. late on the burn. A little late on the burn, but I'll, uh, I'll let it slide. Uh, you did interrupt immediately. So late on the burn, <laughs> eat a dick. Listen, man, the best burn prevention is a burn interception. Well said. Let's move it on. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. So what's going on for you this week? What do you got, uh, what do you got under your hat? Um... Are you wanting me to jump right into talking about Fury, or you just want me to tell you about my week? Listen, man, I'm asking about your week. We're oh, friendly here. I love here. this. I love this. Isn't that nice? Uh, it's beautiful. We're opening my up. Week. We're taking it from the uh, the top level of production <sighs> that our, our listeners have come to you expect. Know, uh, the week, personal. The week here in Canada has uh, got one word, and it's cold. It's cold uh, as fuck. We're, we're turning to ice. Uh, we'll, the mucklucks are out. The seal blubber is in. Uh, and we're going to strap down to what I think is going to be a furious winter season. You know, I don't have an appropriate coat right now. You don't, eh? So, I, I mean, I should say I have an appropriate coat. Like, I mean, so I've got a Canada Goose jacket, which is like, was cool like six years ago, but nobody wears them anymore because they're decidedly gauche. Um, and mine's super dirty also. So it both needs a dry cleaning and probably to be burned and thrown in the trash. I bet you if you dug deep in one of the pockets, you'd find a half-smoked pack of Belmonts. <laughs> yeah, from my from my smoking days of, you know, a decade ago. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's it's funny because I feel, listen, there's a, there's a time and a place for fur. I'm not a, necessarily a fur hater, but I also don't necessarily want to be the dude walking around with fur because there's a lot of people that are sensitive to that kind of stuff. Now, the Canada Goose jacket, yes. fur? 
Uh, yeah, it's well, it's got a fur lining on the hood. Right. I believe it's coyote. And there's a decided overpopulation of those guys. So I don't feel too bad because they eat a lot of house animals. Like I've lost two cats to coyotes. I see you've like gone through and justified. Like there's a complicated <laughs> lattice work of why that animal's trim can be on your jacket. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like a trophy, man. I mean, like you ate two of my cats. I'm going to wear you on my fucking jacket. Did the coyote that's on your jacket eat two of your personal I, cats? I think it's coyote by association. Oh, I understand. You know, they are um, considered a nuisance animal. Um, and, you know, while I probably don't have the gumption to uh, skin one myself, which mm-hmm. I think kind of should be the delimiter, like, like if we, we hire people to do all our dirty work, yes, we got to outsource hit, that. We got a hitman at the butcher. We got uh, we got a tanner <laughs> out in the forest. We're just like, just bring the jacket <laughs> with the fluffy part. And the worst thing is. We all we all bought it. Now, I have not bought one, but I'm not above buying one when the sure. trend was. Like, so I would have been you. open to it. Thank you. Um, you know, but it was a trendy thing. And then what's great is that trend to, like, hit the wall of political correctness rolling towards it. And no one could decide how they felt about it. Like, was this strong, uh, n- like, n- Canadian heritage? Yes, or the fur trade. The, the fur River. trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not th- we, we started as uh, trappers and and lumberjacks right and we ended as a bunch of uh, fucking goofs in canada goose jackets it's and let's say middle i don't <laughs> want to put that as our end point it's more of a middling yeah, okay so yeah for sure we're in the we're in the interlude yeah you know i know i knew that i was uh, i knew that i was going to have some issues with the jacket when i walked into a vegan restaurant we were vegan at the time obviously not very good ones and um we we walked into a vegan restaurant and i had some fur on the on the jacket and uh, and realized that i was both a insanely hypocritical in that moment and be likely going to be hated by every person in this restaurant for whom I'd just paid a sandwich. And they were artisanal sandwiches. So, you know, it took like 15 minutes to make. Yeah, you went deep into the belly of the beast uh, with like a hate symbol on your back. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And yeah, it's funny saying that we were vegan at the time, but I was vegan for five years. You were. And I'll give you I gave you a plaque. I think that says this best vegan ever oh andy didn't talk about being a vegan ever i mean this moment include excluded i think it's a pertinent story and he's not one of those vegans and i, I you are out there right now You're like i'm a vegan and then you eat nothing but like craft dinner right and i'm like craft dinner vegan yeah i mean you're going to die like I, I, I see it. Your blood, your blood cell count is down. The hemoglobin is low. I mean, geez. But uh, no, you, you maintain some, some health as a vegan. So well, that's thank two, you. two gold stars on, and on, and also like if we were all good people, if I was a better person, I would do it. But here's my argument, Andy. Uh, I usually only eat dumb animals, and I, there's going to be some, some conversation about that, and pigs because they're decidedly not dumb. If they didn't want to be eaten, why do they taste so delicious? Oh, Dan. Well, we've lost uh, all of our vegan listeners at this point, but, yeah. um, you know. Listen, um, go ahead. Break a couple eggs. Get at me that's on, not on vegan Twitter. Either. I want to hear from you. <laughs> you don't have a Twitter account. The vegans don't break eggs. <laughs> they, do. they, <laughs> they, they don't. They, they don't they, break they, eggs. They don't. But no, but they, you know they what? They cut open a package of tofu. I do, I do meatless Mondays, and that's my contribution. Okay. All right. Um, it's better than most omnivores. And, uh, I try to do free range because, listen, I, I believe that animals deserve to be treated well before I eat them. That's right. You know what I mean? Freedom, live like an animal, not in a cage. That makes me feel good. And if, if I could... I would hunt all my meat myself. That animal be wild and free until I reach out and snatch the life out of it. I oh, think that's fair, right? Mm, yeah, I, I feel, I feel, I feel you on that point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, score any? I don't know, score any sweet strains or anything this week? 
Yeah, um, right now we're working through some lemon haze at the house. Uh, lemon haze, haze at the house. oily. Ooh. It's got like a thick oil to it. And when you touch it, it comes off on your fingers a little bit. Uh, and it is, it's smoking strong. It's a little bit heavy up front mm-hmm. um, on, on the lung, which I'm, lung. I'm a little bit of a Sally. I have trouble with stuff that's You need it like percolated through 16 chambers. That's right. Like uh, Andy pulls out a, a pipe. I go, can we get... Can you get that with water? Some water? I need like three chambers at least. Yeah. Can I also have a diet Fanta and like a, <laughs> <laughs> and a comfier pillow? So I'm, I'm a little bit of a Sally when it comes to that. Meanwhile, um, you know, uh, my 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 sweet girlfriend takes a trucker lung full, and then mm. she's like, "What's your problem?" She's like, "We need a bigger bong in here. <laughs> we need a bigger bong." Dan's like, ah, "Excuse oh, me. Can you pack me pack me something with just, just with some lace on it?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a good week for me for for strains as well. I grabbed. Uh, this honey boo boo, which we're gonna crush today. Oh, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a secret till the smoke sesh. But now you know we have honey boo boo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spoilers. We'll put a time code in the show notes. Uh, skip from, uh, you know, minute five fifty five six oh five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Don't miss the spoiler. You don't want to yeah. don't want to ruin it. That's right. A lot of people are banking on those uh, those big reveals from their Purple Dungeon Squid podcast. It's a dramatic journey with Listen, us, isn't it? I mean, it always is. It always is. Um, but it's been a good week for gaming too. I actually, you know, I I got in more gaming than I normally do uh, by virtue of the fact that I've fired up the 3DS. Hey. Yeah. So I've got the 3DS out of uh, out of retirement, um, playing through uh, some of my old catalog. You know, I tend to accumulate games, right, and then not play them, right. Uh, it's, I mean, I think a lot of people do that, especially with Steam sales and you know PlayStation sales <laughs> being what they are these days. I mean, come on, you have you have no games that I you have own that you haven't a played. Catalog a rich That's catalog right. of six hundred sure. unplayed games, ready for your retirement. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. By the time you know we get there, everybody will be roaming around in virtual space. It'll we'll be, be able like to tell the epi- games from reality. It'll be like that episode of The Twilight Zone. I'll retire, but my carpal tunnel will be so bad I can't play, and I'll collapse. <laughs> I'll collapse on the uh, the Canadian consulate stairs and say, "There was time now, but there was time." <laughs> I haven't seen the Twilight Zone, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that I have and say that's clever, Dan. Mm. My man, my man. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've been really enjoying the 3ds. Uh, you know, just it's nice. You know, here's the thing about the and, and you know, I won't go too deep into the 3ds because that's it's the oldest of news. But a lot of people, it gets a lot of hate. And I think we can all agree that 3D isn't really the the future. I think VR probably plays a bigger part in that. 3D is probably a cool parlor trick that people have been doing in some way or another since those like multicolored blue and red glasses were a thing. Um, but I really enjoyed putting on the little optical illusion that your 3DS has uh, that allows you to kind of dive just a little bit deeper into like monster hunter and there's some soaring vistas in that game and i had admittedly smoked a big old bowl of pink death star before i sat down to play it and i watched the introduction like four times so i'm feeling the 3ds right now i guess is what i'm saying it's i get that you know what and you helped it out you know when 3d is an option uh it's nice when it's forced upon you and bad I remember we went and saw Clash of the Titans in 3D Ooh. during the 3D craze where they slapped 3D on every movie. And remember they're not how, doing that anymore. Yeah, for remember sure. Remember how Avatar was amazing in 3D? 
Oh, it was so good in 3D. Uh, it was mind-blowing because he, uh, James Cameron had taken four years to just like tune, dial it right in. Nailed it. And then after the fact, they're putting on these movies and they're like making me ill because mm. we're abusing our brain, which is this delicate tool of perception. Sure. And our brain is sending us this signal. It's like, warning, error. <laughs> Something's wrong with what you're seeing. Yeah. You should vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of felt that way. And that, that to, to, you know, to kind of roll it back a bit, I then, I then which is probably the reason why we're not going to see another three. 3D handheld console. Um, I then turned off the 3D like five minutes in because I had a massive headache. And then I stood up and I could not walk. So <laughs> Your brain's checksum is just like, nah, dog. Nah, bro. This nah, is, dog. This is cool, but not, <laughs> not that cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, I mean, I am also on the cusp of buying a Switch. So that may also take out my 3DS. You're cusping, eh? I'm cusping. Uh, I've, like... I, Listen, I'm trying to hold out as long as I can. I want right. to want to capitalize on that after New Year right. situation where hopefully there's a sale. There probably won't. Yeah, be, there's but. there's a glut, or you can find one in the secondary market. I very often do edge play um, with the secondary market. I'll look at a bunch of you know when I was buying the PS4, look at a bunch mm. of PS4s that are used. I'm like, ooh, I might buy it. And then I get really excited about buying, and then I back it off. Maybe wait a couple of days ooh, and go back in. You get frisky <laughs> with a it. Little you tease it. That's there you right. Go. Don't there have you to go. rush. You don't have to. Because you go in the Walmart, you buy it full f at full hog. You head in the you head in the Walmart. You're just done, right? You're done. But if I edge play with some deals, I start low mm. throw out a couple low ball offers. Even if you end up spending more, it's almost worth can, it. Can I can I share a dark secret of here on here on on the podcast? Sure, go ahead. I in every one of my my uh, low ball offers for any product on any uh, secondary market. I mention I leverage my sister no. to purchase it. I sure do. I, I, the story always is, I'm trying to pick up this for my sister. You know, uh, price is kind of a thing, but you know, I really want to make her day. I externalize oh, it. There is a it's special not for me. It's a special so, place in hell for isn't people. Isn't like pretty that. bad? Yeah. And I, I mean, like, a, you're not leveraging a children's hospital. Right, like, it's okay. Like but. I'm not. I'm not dropping any like uh, terminal illnesses on this thing or whatever. Like those people on celebrity Instagrams. Like you've got like six thousand comments. Four thousand of them are like, oh man. I just lost my legs. Please donate. Anything helps. God bless. Right. One one like equals one prayer. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going that deep. I always give the like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just me. I withhold it. Yeah. I think about that, that's just you. But you know, <laughs> you know, it's, I use this thing because I want I want them to feel good about it too. Sure. I'm giving them the gift of feeling good of selling me their product because they're they're making this. Uh, and I really have a sister, and she has played my PS4. So I think. Integrity that sound. Integrity sound. There you go. For your sister for the 15 minutes uh, that you played. Plus that coyote killed both my cats. So. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah, um, I once leveraged the fact that I was a broke student to get someone to give me a guitar for a really good deal. Did they do it? They did, and and I I felt okay with it. You know, I was it was it was the truth at now, the time. I once was a broke student, and still, when I hear like, "Oh, I'm a broke student," my first thought is, "Fuck you." Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're broke. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, I no, mean, a broke student. Oh, how's you post it? Like to Garth, the 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 guitar sales guy at at you know uh, whatever Randall's music. He's like, "Oh, broke in your post secondary education." He's like, he's like. I dropped out in grade 10, okay? <laughs> Followed the who through Denver. <laughs> it's too pricey? Go ask mommy and poppy, okay? Well, listen, man. The who is uh, I, the, the, probably the only band worth dropping out for to follow through in, in Denver. Word. I, I did not know you were so legit. I've never really been a big who fan. 
But there's not much else going on in Denver, from what I've heard. Except for a whole lot of weed. Man, Denver is the new Mecca. I know Denver is the new De- cool if place. If you had to move somewhere in the States, you wouldn't consider I'm Denver? I'm just throwing shade down on Denver, because pretty soon we're going to be like a country of Denver. Trying to get my Canadian swag on. Right. You don't want to be overpowered by the Denver swag. <laughs> I don't. I, I love Denver. If you're from Denver, good on you, man. You're in the right state. Yeah, absolutely. The air's a little thinner. Uh-huh. The people are a little thicker. The baseballs fly farther. But they're good. They're good folks. They and are. They are already taking uh, measures to keep everybody else out. <laughs> they're like they're like preventing um, their passing zoning laws, so you can't build sky rises and stuff. They're like really they're, well because uh, California is so close, mm-hmm. and when California runs out of water, all the water that goes to California um, primarily runs through Colorado or De- sorry Denver first, and uh, so and it's a great place. So they're like, don't come here. <laughs> like you're good. <laughs> Over there. You ever been to New Mexico? Check out New Mexico. Isn't it funny how like, and I think you may have just done it, and I do it all the time. I mix up Denver for Colorado. <laughs> is that what I did just now? Yeah, but I do it all I the said time. It. Why is that? I don't know. It's the one state and like city in a state that I just use interchangeably. I'm like, oh, the great state of Denver. You're like, nah, no, dog, that's, that's a that's city, Colorado. That's, yeah, there you have yeah, there it. You right. Well, our apologies to our uh, our friends in Colorado. Keep on smoking in the free world. Um, did you celebrate a birthday this week? No, that was like four months ago. Celebrate a birthday. Oh, I'm sorry. I got I th- threw myself right back into the show notes and oh, ended you, on ended up on a spear. Where did you, where did you fall into a spear? Where did you fall into a spear oh, on okay. this thing? Where does it say birthday? Yeah, I think it's time for our sponsors. My birthday was before we started the let's podcast. Just, let's just skim right over this. Let's just skim right over this. All right. This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Video Games and Weed. Because we're still early on and we don't have anyone sponsoring us. And no one really gives a shit yet. But it's also brought to you by playing Twister with your stepsister. Feels weird, but also feels good. Oh, Twister nice. Twister with your sister. <laughs> uh, saying I'm sorry too much. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, studded belts. I mean, pain, pleasure. Wear them around your waist. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got better. You Can got I do it again? Uh, studded belts. Because sometimes you got to buy your pants aid. Nope, hit me again. <laughs> So let's continue moving. No, no, hit me one more time. I got this. You got, you got studded belts this time? Yeah. Studded belts. Because you're 16 and you're cool. <laughs> All right, I'll let it fly. Uh, generic brand moisturizer on the nightstand. Your parents know what you're doing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. 40-minute uh, shower sessions? I, Devin. Devin, come out there. Devin, stop You've used this. All the hot water. Stop this. The and all of the moisturizer. The walls are three centimeters thicker than when you went in. <laughs> Tucked in hotel bedspreads. The closest thing to the womb you can get at a Motel Six. So let me ask you: Are you a tucked in guy? Um, you know what? Covers tucked uh, in. Listen, it, it's this makes it sound like I'm part of the patriarchy, but uh, my sweet sweet girlfriend makes the bed. Um, oh. And uh, and that's because I get out of it first, and the rule is uh, last one out makes the bed. Okay, that's With a, fair... a little bit of time in between to let the sweat evaporate. Kids out there, don't make your bed right away. Let that, 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 that heat and moisture you put in over the evening, let it evaporate Kids off. only, not seniors. Well, seniors just they already that... know this. I'm not telling them how to live their lives. They're the golden generation. They they're already the know. best generation. That's it. They sucker punched Hitler right in the gut. That's what your peepaw did. So let's give him some remembrance. Let's give him some credit. He, no, knows how to, he knows how to air that out. Yeah, he's, you know, he, he fought trench foot off. <laughs> trench foot. Oh, oh man. And so, this episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Chest Hair Pomade. When all your hair has to go in one direction. 
up. <laughs> oh, we only go up on the Purple Dungeon Squid podcast. Mm-hmm. If you want to actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this nonsense. I'll never stop, Andy. Oh, man. All righty, Dan. Well, why don't, we, uh, why don't we go ahead and settle into the topics of discussion today? Um, I hear from a little bird, a.k.a. you, about four hours ago on the phone that you've been playing Fury. Yeah, I have. And I have to say, uh, when I first downloaded this game, started talking to you about it, I didn't say Fury. You said, I said furry. I said furry. And it sounded an awful lot like, uh, you know, one of those. Never mind. We'll just. Uh, yeah, the yep. silence on the other side of the line told me the tale that I had. I had messed up at some point, so um, I got on YouTube and hired somebody else to say the name of the game because it's not like a bad movie where you can like guarantee there's going to say the title of the movie in it. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I guess these are the usual suspects, and you're like, roll the credits. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so uh, it is actually called Fury, and uh, this game uh, – Sorry, it's Windows, right, or is it multi-platform? Well, you know what? You can get this Windows, PlayStation – Xbox came out in July 2015, so a little bit behind the release date on this one. Sure, it's sure. something I picked up on a, in a solid humble bundle. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a plug for you guys, free of charge. Hit me up. There you go. Um, and HMU, what you get—that's what the kids say. Oh, it's say HMU. Uh, I mean, on the interweb, they say. Andy, that. stop hanging out with All kids. All right, well, cops. <laughs> I'm not actually not allowed to any longer. So. Right. Yep. That's uh, court ordered. Go ahead. Oh, fantastic. So you know what you get when you load up Fury is a fast-paced action game. Uh, sort of a hack and slash combined with a, a twin stick shooter um, with these uh, bullet hell elements of a game like Gradius or something like that. So but it's top. Th- is it top down exclusively? It is top down, and it, uh, it it is one of these games that issues, which means skips uh, all. Oh, thank you. Dave. All the all the, the 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 parts in between a game, uh, like the you know the challenges, the platforming, the mooks, the pickups to foregoes all that just to be con- purely consisting of boss fights. Oh, that's cool. Um, there's so, actually there's quite a few games doing that now. Have you heard of Cuphead? Not to derail you, because I know you're excited about um, Fury. But. Yeah, I have heard Cuphead, but it's not entirely boss fights, is oh, it? Oh, isn't it? I, I, I thought it was like centered mostly around boss fights. I think it's more akin to a Mega Man, where you got a level and a boss. Now, I haven't played it. I've seen some video, though. That shit looks amazing. Yeah, they've embraced an art style, and I think that's a huge thing in... Uh, in, in all the developers' scopes, is their art style has to set them apart as well as a great mechanic and mm-hmm. you know all the other things to make a great game. But Cuphead's a perfect example because it looks like 1930s cartoons. Yeah, man, it looks like Felix the Cat or some of those other really seamless trippy. too, yeah. right? Oh, and beautiful, like be- like honestly, I I watched the tra- I wasn't interested. In it. I was listening to the Giant Bomb cast and they were talking about it and I was excited because it sounded like a cool game. Um, but you know they were talking about this unique art style and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be sold on this. Oh man. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched a trailer for it, and it blew my mind. There's so much going on too, right. which is neat. There's, anyway, there's something to be said about in the in the era where we're doing like GPU drag races, and you play a game like Doom, which looks fantastic because of the the quality of the graphics. But there's the other side of the coin where you, you have a simplistic presentation that sure. isn't necessarily, uh, you know cutting edge graphics but it's easy on the eyes and you go wow this is nice to look at i almost prefer like like i actually almost prefer that the hyper realism because like it's such an arms race right um and i just there's something so charming about a game like cuphead that i can just 
my eyes know what they're looking at immediately and they're impressed not because it's realistic but because it's novel and interesting the difference between having a big dick and knowing how to use it that's it you know what that's I mean? it that's uh, it cuphead <clears throat> knows how to dick yeah so does Mugman. oh ahead. that's an upsetting sentence mm. um so anyway so fury is entirely boss fights and you know if you're somebody who loves boss fights um well who doesn't y- you know what i just like the first half of the level where i get to die to a fish there is there's a there are certain uh, uh, end bosses in Mega Man. I I like the level better than the uh, the boss. I'm, like, I, this I'm, guy's, ta- I'm talking shit at you. Right uh, this now. guy's about to to just work me all the way up. But anyway, so um, you know, Fury's thin on story, high on uh, mechanics and action. So right out the gate, um, you fall right into a boss fight that operates as a tutorial. Um, but without the annoying menus, he kind of talks you through it with pop-ups, and you, you basically float between a... Well, your main character is a samurai-wielding sort of electro-rave 80s uh, sort of character. He's got... He looks a little bit like a combination of uh, Vincent from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, nice. Uh, minus the vampire, and uh, <clears throat> a little bit of... Uh, like with a blonde shock of hair and uh, an electro-glowing electro samurai sword. So it's got everything you need. Um, That's it, a recipe for success. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you have, what I like about this game is off the bat, you have all your abilities. Right, okay. Um, you know, which consists of, uh, you know, some, some, sword, uh, some sword play, um, some energy weapons that uh, you fire with twin stick mechanics, um, some parrying, uh, and some dodging. Mm. Um, there's charged up versions of different one of the, ones of these skills. And the game almost presents the charged up versions as bonuses because whenever you're using a charged up attack or charged up dodge <clears throat> or charged up shot, it's a increased risk reward balance. You oh, can cool. do it uh, in if you've you've really got the balance right. Um, but you know if you mess up, it, you're going to pay for it. Oh, how are you going to pay for it? Well, the, again, when you're showing down against these bosses. Um, you know, he's either firing projectiles at you, right. which you have to dodge almost like a bullet hell game. And you can use your, your twin stick shooters uh, offensively or defensively. You can use them to shoot them, but you can also shoot his par- his projectiles as they come in. Right. Um, you know, but at some points he's firing 80 or 90 projectiles in a wave at you. Right. Um, and so you're dodging. You're choosing to either dodge or carve a path or do both. Um, you know, while positioning yourself to get close to him while also dodging waves of energy that are coming in. So you get the feeling of a bullet hell, you know, space game. But you can impact it back by, sh- by firing your weapons at his projectiles. So you can eliminate his projectiles, but you've touched on another element, which is you can counter a projectile to send it back towards him. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, Is and that one of the charged up attacks? No, that's just a normal parry. Normal no, parry, no, no, gotcha. Normal parry, parry or parry, counter. Parry. So um, there's there's that sort of mode that most bosses seem to have, They'll, and it, that requires um, correct a combination of dodging and uh, eliminating shots and countering shots, and you can usually pick up a little bit of health by shooting green orbs that might be scattered in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of chance for a respite in between the, uh, the mayhem. There's also a freeform... Um, phase where you can shoot at him you can try and engage him he's going to be trying to engage you mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's also a focused in moment with that the, every boss goes through where he, he's engaging you um in such a way that uh it's it sort of implied that you guys are uh in heavy melee mm-hmm. or melee yeah so melee, there's melee who knows melee, who knows there's a circle drawn around you and you can't exit it mm-hmm. um and he's going to go between two different types of attacks uh, one attack that is attacks a certain portion of that circle, like a pie chart, right. and you have to move into the safe zone of that pie chart. Oh, cool! So it's like a, it's like it's kind of like um, 
is it is it an overlay that you see or is it you do see it there's a visual cue okay um, and then there's all and this is something the game's pretty good at it's pretty good at queuing to let you know there's attacks coming so you can make a move you're like before. dancing around the boss mechanics yeah and he's they're they're telegraph it not so much that it's like you have seconds you have fractions of seconds before it, it strikes then he also uh, they also do a, a string of attacks at you mm -hmm. um in this mode as well that you have to parry mm -hmm. um to go ahead and attack him back and it, what's great about this is that uh, each level includes these sort of elements but um keeps them interesting by varying but keeps them interesting by varying the terrain mm -hmm. um the the There'll be walls that you can use in some parts that you can use as blocks. Sometimes they're actually impediments. Um, there's holes. Um, and you can sort of, even though this game is extremely punishing in its difficulty, every time, you know, I got got, mm -hmm. I knew what I'd done wrong and saw where I could iterate forward. Um, and it's got that like Dark Souls kind of like, oh, I understand what the mechanics are. I understand how I fucked up and I deserve to die. Well, you know what? I draw a distinction because Dark Souls is like Nintendo hard times two. So you'll die because you walk through a door wrong and a skeleton pushed you off an edge. Right. So there's a lot of cheap ways to die in Dark Souls too. Mm -hmm. This doesn't do that. Every, every time you die, although you might be steamed about it because it's a fast paced, high energy game, you go fair. Right. You know, it always feels fair. And that's right. something that there's a big distinction um, in the difficulty curve. Um, so it kind of sort of calls you to harness uh, your abilities better. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm, a, I'm a just a pussy, but like Gradius, for example, um, that game always felt so unfair to me. Like any of these kind of, I, I guess, bullet hell games always feel so unfair because, you know, you can spend so much time memorizing the pattern of, uh, of, of, of the projectiles. But you can only do that to, to a certain extent. And so I often get, get burned on them because it's like rote repetition to try and get through the level and figure it out. Yeah, there's a little bit more improvisational um, elements. This, for instance, in this close circle combat, I noticed that in between his beat rushes of attacks, if I attacked him first, it mm -hmm. would force him to skip moves, mm -hmm. even though he's blocking and get to the move where I can counter him and damage him back. So you can alter the pace and, and improvise in different ways. You know, you can say you can experiment with dashing rather than parrying with using your weapons um, to carve past in the bullet hell version. So there's there's different strategies you can employ. So there's you, you have tools you can bring to bear mm -hmm. and master. And, you know, e even I, which I, I pride myself having some good reflexes, had some challenges uh, keeping the parry pattern up but i go okay i just need to tighten that up it's got to come a half second quicker that's cool. so it's got a little bit of that like what are what are what's that the game i'm thinking of is like crypt of the necro dancer where you've really got to be in sync with the movements of the game yeah there's some of those elements for sure and it, it and similarly it has like a great soundtrack to the game it's kind of like an electro 80s sort of beat pattern um mm -hmm. you know yeah so which... i saw well the trailer i was looking at or trailer uh, gameplay video <laughs> whatever i uh, had some like crazy visuals like it's really colorful yeah yeah absolutely you kind of get that tron you know meets guardians of the galaxy kind of color palette mm -hmm. you know those warm electric blues and purples and uh, mm -hmm. you know it's it's visually nice and as the game is forcing you to get good it's treating you to nice visuals and mm -hmm. uh, uh and a and a and a good soundtrack yeah it sounds cool man i'll uh, so you said it's on ps4 
Yeah, it is on PS4. Nice. I just, you know what? I've I've really been into games that I can just jump into for a short period of time because we have a, we have a three month old at our house, and so it, it often ends up that I've got you know twenty thirty minutes to play in an evening. Um, so is this something that I can just jump in and out of? Yeah, absolutely. Like, is it I level mean, based or is it? Well, like I mentioned, um, you, there's only bosses, right? So once you beat a boss, you're through that boss. You're oh, you're the in the next, next boss. One. Okay, got you. Got right? you. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, so a game that's decidedly, uh, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that it's not session based, but so like I said earlier, I'm playing Monster Hunter and I've got um, a good amount of hours under my belt playing Monster Hunter Generations that I finally got my hands around it. Have you have you played a Monster Hunter game before? I have not. Okay. So I had not either. This was my first foray. I remember when I had the Wii and Monster Hunter Try came out, um, totally on my radar, just for some reason, never picked it up. And I've also heard that Monster Hunter, uh, the, the folks who love it, love it mostly on mobile. And I think it's it's a big hit in Japan. Um, you know, there's a diehard community over there. And so I was like, okay, well, I've got my 3DS out. I've got this copy of Monster Hunter Generations. I've never tried it. Might as well try and dive in. And then I remembered why, like, I only ever, <laughs> I only ever dived in, dived in for a few seconds. It is a very deep, very complex game. So the game's premise is that you're, you're. It's actually it's similar in scope to what you're talking about. You're only hunting monsters, right? You're going out on missions. Sorry, I shouldn't say you're only hunting monsters. There are other types of missions, but the crux of the game is that you find a big fucking monster and you go out and kill it, and then you steal its skin and turn it into a vest. And you do that again and again and again. You can do it online. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got a cool premise, right? The challenge is, is that they bake so many layers of complexity into this handheld game that learning it actually was a, like, 15-hour chore for me, having not played the, the game before. So, like, do you know, any, do you know anything about the... The um, pardon me. Do you know anything about the the aesthetic of it? Have you? Like, I mean, God bless the Japanese for layering layering everything with infinite complexity and you know mechanics. That, right. You know, I w I've been looking a little bit about at the new Monster Hunter coming out, and it right. seems there's an endless amount of things to do. Well, that's it's kind of it. There's almost too much content, and in order to get to that content, you've got to learn how to address all of it, especially on a platform that's, I don't want to say limited, but like you're dealing with a handheld. So the expectation that I have going into a handheld is I'm going to be able to jump into a game. And there were, there were about 15 tutorials to get through, most of which took me between, you know, a good 10 to 25 minutes a piece. So you've got hours and hours of tutorials that you, you probably should work your way through just to get into like the beginning quests of the game. You got to really want it. You got to want it, man. You got you to want to. So, but I did, I did. So once I got through that nearly impenetrable barrier of, you know, trying to get my, and, and admittedly, some of these are simple things. I played a lot of RPGs. I played a lot of MMOs and some of those, those elements definitely translate. However, you know, you're, you're trying to, this is a fully 3d game. The visuals and graphics are quite impressive. The monsters that you're fighting, you know, are, are working with not just existing in a 3D world, but they're also, you know, going up. There's elevation to take account into account. There's proper facing to take into account. So, you know, like the effect of Mario 64, if you weren't used to it, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where, like, you got to really get your hands around the camera, mm -hmm. right? Um, the 3DS and learning how to play Monster Hunter Generations was a real exercise in figuring that out. Are you telling me you're wrestling a camera? Yeah, the whole game. Oh, that brings me back. That brings, <laughs> brings me back. Brings you back to what? Uh, like, uh, hey, pretty much Tomb any Raider. Answer. Tomb Raider. 
Tomb Raider. Now it's a fixed camera position, but you're always massaging where you're standing in the room right. so you can see the thing you're fighting. Right. Because suddenly it snaps to an area. But, I mean, manual camera, same thing. Um, you're doing two things. You're operating Mario and the 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 Goomba that's following him with the camera. I mean, I, I honestly like I've played and beat Mario sixty four, but then I I got it on the um a I got it on the brag there guys. <laughs> a little humble. <laughs> well, then I got it again when it came out for the DS, and I just for the life of me couldn't figure out couldn't figure out the camera controls. Anyway, so that was my that was my cross to bear when I was getting into Monster Hunter Generations, and. Yeah, it took me a while. Basically, you're hitting the right bumper to center the camera behind your back. So, like, you're moving your character around, and then you've got to hit the right bumper to swing it behind you. Um, boy, it took, it took some time. Anyway, once I, once I got through all of the hurdles of actually playing the game, and again, like, if you're thinking of picking it up, because it's still very much a current game, uh, despite the fact that it was released in, like, 2015... Um, yeah, it's definitely got that kind of front wall of, of insanity for you to get to the meat of it. The theme of the game is also non-existent. So yeah, you're sorry. I shouldn't say the theme, but there's no storyline. You're, you're, you're in a hub and you're going out on missions and you're coming back and you're doing that rinse and repeat. So I can see how it would have a lot of longevity. There are like reportedly nearly infinite amount of weapons to craft. There's a ton of different monsters for you to conquer. There's different ways to do that. There are 14 different weapon types in the game that you can cycle through that all have different combos, different ways of approaching monsters. Very Destiny uh, D Destiny uh, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty, Very Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. I haven't played Dynasty Warriors. I remember watching you play it on uh, PS2, PS3. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that. We'll, yeah, we'll come put back a pin to it. in that one. But yeah, so there are a lot of different weapons that you can use, and admittedly, they change the feel of the game entirely, yeah. especially when you're dealing with like a limited camera situation and you're trying to struggle with that and then you've got this new dimension of a weapon i just picked up the long sword and i stuck with it i'm not i'm not making any changes there yeah it's, i love our approach it's the white guy 30 something approach that has limited time we're streamlined this we're shit, streamlined this shit. Yeah, one weapon right. one they're weapon. like what do you want to engrave on the weapon you're like pass let's just, <laughs> no, get, just get it going right in yeah right in. um yeah well you know uh, i can't Did say you that want i'm to not try a simpleton <laughs> would you like to try nunchaku against a it's a dragon i'm gonna pass on the nunchaku <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, no, no Japanese patience in this for me. So basically, I blundered my ass through the beginning of the game and, and got into the meat of it. And I'm just, you know, I'm really impressed and interested in the depth. And I think that's what got me through those initial tutorials. And it bears mentioning that you can skip them all. If you've played Monster Hunter before, like you're in, you're plugged in. But, you know, having to go through them was definitely a challenge. Now that I'm through, though, I'm charmed by the equipment. You know, I'm charmed by all of the, um, pardon me, the different weapons. There's modifiers to your character. They're called arts and styles that allow your character to perform different combos. It all just feel it really feels like a full console game that's on a handheld. So, you know, I'll be, I'll be definitely playing it for some time. There's also, um, as a little side note, because you know how much I love kitties. Oh, <laughs> hold on. You love I, like kitty cats? Like kitty cats. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there, are, there are animals called palicos, and they're like, little anthropomorphized cats basically looks like puss in boots that's a, a five dollar word i, I love like, it yeah, listen you know i like to uh eschew <laughs> oh i did say eschew didn't yeah, i you did say that I, what i did is i went on a limb and i said a word that i'd only ever read and that is almost always a Bad recipe move. for disaster bad move you know um in grade school i told uh you know a, a teacher a favorite teacher came up to me um and asked me to write a thank you note for helping um 
uh, sorry, a thank you note to a parent. Oh, you were somebody's favorite. <laughs> a thank you note to a parent for helping us with like a school play or something like right, that. Right. And I pulled out the word ordeal. I said, oh, thank you so much for helping us through this ordeal. And I was meaning it in like, ordeal i don't really know what it means but you, i think you it's know like it's a way to task. describe something yeah. in, of importance yeah she was not impressed she was like oh really you thought that that was a clever thing to say and right. uh, it, it just it, the, the intention was so innocent but it really backfired yeah it reminds me that when somebody else is testing out a word to uh, at the same time uh uh honor what they're attempting because i love a cunning linguist and also you know how do you pull them aside um, you know, I, I heard a story of uh, actually on the podcast, my brother, my brother and me, somebody wrote in, it's an advice podcast. Sure. They're like, uh, my boss thinks the term busting a nut means to be extremely angry. I'm so angry. I can bust a nut. <laughs> Everyone just, that was aggressive and very sexual. What do we do now? And he's like, do I, do I let him go on this hilarious uh, 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 you know, downward spiral of busting another, sure, until or I do I let them know and before we lose the Johnson deal? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to my pussy. Um, you know, these guys are called Palicos, and they're like little puss in boots is out of Shrek, and they're freaking cool, man. They can like carry around weapons, and they uh, help you in your tasks, uh, in your missions for slaying monsters by like picking things up. They can set traps. They can just straight up attack. They can Why do heal we you. immediately enslave everything? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but no, they're, they're partners. They're partner cats. Right, right, right. Right. So <laughs> you pay them then? No, you recruit them. Oh, sure. You can but script you, them. Whatever you, you do. Then you, you pay them a currency. It's right? actually now that I think about it, it's even a little bit more odd because you can actually choose their appearance beforehand you're like you go to the recruiter lady and you're like i want a palico that looks like this so She's like, you, i'll go find you one it's either like a straight up eugenics thing or like selective breeding yeah yeah Where, who's truly the monster <laughs> I, that's the boy an introspective look at monster hunter generations um so either way i'm really enjoying the game i'll let you know a little bit more about it as i uh, as i progress through it i have not killed anything big yet it's been all like a bunch of the bitch monsters you know sure. the uh the basic attack showing me how to dodge and parry and all You'll that other there. shit. But, you know, I, I feel like I've got like a big triceratops coming. I know you're only a, a finger into this, but I got to ask you, are you excited? January 26, 2018, Monster Hunter World drops. Ooh, nice segue. And Look at you. I have been uh, just sort of nosing around and talk about uh, um, a, f a huge, deep world. One of the developers is playing at a, at, at a, a press junket and he's going i'm gonna use this weapon i've never seen it before oh that's amazing he's a developer <laughs> and they're you know months away from dropping it and i was like this this game's got some nuance and yeah i mean so monster hunter worlds is coming to ps4 and xbox one no nintendo no handheld um they said that they have no plans to bring it to switch which is kind of which is interesting because i'm playing it on 3ds now and i'll only be able to play it on ps4 you know when it comes out um, but, you know, it's got a couple things going for it. First of all, there's obviously insane 3D graphics, which admittedly this franchise, like I, I, I really get the case for the handheld part of it because it is probably one of the most like initially looking engrossing games that I'm that I've played on a handheld. But I can't wait to play it on a PS4. I want to see it in full. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have any fancy televisions at home, so we got a 1080p situation going on. I love that a lowly 1080p. A lowly 1080p. I don't yeah. know. I mean, people, kids are playing with 4K these days. These kids again. I mean, this 4K shit. I don't know. I mean, people keep keep saying 4K, and it sounds like a breakfast sandwich. But um, oh my word! <laughs> but you know, so one of the things that Monster Hunter Worlds has is worldwide play, so you can play between the regions. 
which I think is kind of cool. You can play with all of our Japanese brothers that are probably going to just dance circles around us. Um, in a dance dance. In a dance revolution. dance. Revolution. <laughs> That's a powerful visual. Um, the other thing I, I forgot to mention about the 3DS version is you're constantly in loading screens. So the 3DS version has like, let's say you're hunting a pack of whatever, Makoas or something. They're like these little dinosaur looking things. Um, you're constantly zoning between like 11 different zones. And it gets even worse when you're killing a monster and it gets hurt and tries to run away from you because now you're like chasing it and zoning in ahead of it. So like it's it's just a mess. You're chasing it through your buffering ram. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So <clears throat> Monster Hunter Worlds has seamless transitions, which sounds like a no brainer in 2017. But, you know, it's a, it's a big thing for Monster Hunter. Um, when you see a loading screen now, <laughs> are you not shocked? Uh yeah, really. Sh I mean, except for an uh, initial load into the game, it feels well, disorienting. And for they sure. they cleverly hide them now. You know, mm -hmm. like when you're when you're loading up into Destiny, they're like, "Oh, you're getting in your ship and you're flying down the planet." <laughs> Listen, I'm a fully grown man. I know it's a loading screen, but I appreciate that that it didn't go to a flat screen with a loading bar with like <laughs> little tooltips on the bottom right. I feel that as well, and. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, Monster Hunter uh, Worlds looks fantastic. It's just more Monster Hunter, you know, in a in a with those kind of quality of life adjustments. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting is we've been talking about how Monster Hunter is huge in Japan. Their install base for PS4 is, from what I understand, pretty freaking small. Really, so there's not a lot of people playing PS4 in in Japan, and so it's such a big Japanese franchise that's moving to a platform that doesn't have a lot of adaption in Japan, it would seem to suggest that they're, you know, trying to, to uh, I mean, one could infer that they're trying to capture more of the Western market by launching this on one of the, one of the big, uh, one of the big two um, powerful consoles. Yeah. Not that the Switch isn't powerful, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, so it, maybe it's a bit of a gamble for them. I don't know. I, It'll be interesting to see how the numbers work out because, like you say, it, it, it does feel like it's a decidedly Japanese title in its origin. You know, we, we're, we, it's find, found a loving home here on its western shores, and I'm sure in Europe as well. But it'll be interesting to see where its player base fo is found because between Xbox, PlayStation, and uh, PC, um, you know, the... I'm not sure where their concentration is. Yeah. No, I, it's, well, only time will tell. But, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Oh, um, what about you, Dan? Anything else going on in uh, the gaming front? Oh, did you see the, um, did you see that article on Leafly? Uh, um, one second. Let, me, let me grab it yeah, here. Yeah, one second. yeah, I did. It was the most searched cannabis strains in the USA. So I, I found this one really interesting. I, sorry, I put it in the show notes. One sec. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the most searched cannabis strains in the USA. I found this really neat to look at. So, you know, uh, this is by state what folks in that state are searching for when they're on Leafly looking for information about, you know, strains and their effects and all that good stuff. And it's kind of cool to look at, you know, a map from 2017 and not just look at, you know, what each state is, is searching for. But when you actually compare it to 2016, um, it's quite different. So, uh, you know, hard to articulate this over a, over a podcast because the map is, you know, understandably has every state accounted for. Um, but... These days, more states, are, rather in 2017 as opposed to 2016, more states are searching indicas than sativas. So the guys on Leafly have inferred that it's uh, a huge difference from 2016 when only four states were trending indica. Uh, they've attributed that to a stressful year. <laughs> a stressful right. year. People are looking to chill the fuck out. People are looking to chill the fuck down. And um, 
Yeah, they've also the other the other little insight that they've had is that people are looking for more niche strains. So common ones like Blue Dream, like Green Crack, um, are, have have kind of decreased in the popularity of folks who are looking for them, and you know more kind of niche uh, genetics that are bred by some of the larger obviously genetics companies, but are more interesting are being are being searched with more regularity. So I mean, to me that just is kind of a, completely mirrors my consumer journey through the world of looking up cannabis strains, which is, you know, you get in on the common, the common ones. And as you go deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, you know, you, you want to find some of those more unique strains as a, as a country, that being a truth is fascinating because to me that just says that cannabis is going more and more mainstream and consumers are going deeper as a, you know, as a whole in general. Right, 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 right. There's something to that. You know, when I see these infographics, I always know that I'm there's you know there's lies there's damn lies and there's statistics and this is a, a very uh, uh, simple view of a statistic so you know I'd be very interested in the top three sure. in every state right just to give you an idea you know but when it comes to strains I think that indica and sativa those terms are becoming a little grayer and grayer because what you see on the map is almost everything's a hybrid everything's yeah. a yeah, hybrid everyone's looking for hybrids because you can here comes a five dollar word ameliorate mm -hmm. the downsides of a strain with um another strain Through genetics man uh, yeah for sure yeah and and so you end up with these hybrids that um you know produce uh either a more mellow sativa high mm -hmm. um or um, a, a little bit of a stimulating indica high mm -hmm. um which we can i could i would suggest that you know is, is optimal you know yeah. that that's an uh, an enjoyable um, you know, characteristic. And I think there's something to be said because it's like, hey, if I'm going to have a sativa, I want to chill me out a bit. But if I'd smoke to put me to sleep or to relieve some pain, I'm going deep 100% indica. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to get couch locked. I'm going to go to sleep, you know. And I think, I think a lot of people um, are finding that they're using indicas for either pain management. Mm hmm. Or sleep management now. I, I certainly, you know, if I want to, if I want to nod off in a, in a big way, I'm going straight for going straight for an indica, going straight for my moonbeam, my little moonbeam stash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, so if you look on this map, there's yeah, there's literally only four states where the uh, the fastest trending cannabis strain was an indica, or sorry, a sativa. Uh, you got Vermont, those crazy folks up in, up in Vermont. You got Idaho, capital of going nuts on in, on sativa. I guess um, you've got Arkansas and what's this one here? Oh, I'm so bad. I'm Canadian. Uh, Missouri. Yeah, I think it's Missouri. Everyone else is looking for either a hybrid or indica. Texas. They're looking for an indica. God bless Texas. And you can, Tough make, year for Texas. You can make the argument that some of these sativa strains are actually mild hybrids as well. Um, it's really hard to track the true genealogy of a lot of them. Now, sure. I'm not an expert. So I, I can't I can't dive too deeply into mm -hmm. it. The other th thing that I noticed is, have you noticed that it's harder to get sativas than it is indicas? Definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was uh, at the local dispensary. The only sativa strain they had was King Tut. Now, so and they had like probably thirty other strains. Now, do you think that part of this is a representation of 
less available because like you go out to the dispensary you buy what you can get mm-hmm. right and then you come home and you leafly it or the rec shop if you're in uh, if you're lucky enough to be in colorado or washington right and then you leaf then you leafly it mm-hmm. yeah i guess right? that, that makes so maybe sense. there's less available and i wonder what the, the true numbers i'm just going off my experience i know that like a lot of my friends won't smoke sativas because they make them paranoid right you know i they mean should, there is that there is they that, should chew peppercorns they should chew some fucking that, peppercorns that's, that's willie nelson's willie move. nelson's little trip there yeah in uh peppercorns and uh, uh your coffee coffee and somebody somebody mentioned mint you ever hear that little mint mint i've never heard i've heard and seen firsthand the effects of peppercorns if you're too fucking high yeah so i was at a party with a good friend um and he uh he found himself next to a very attractive young lady and um you know she was force feeding him a joint <laughs> Right. And he was like, all right, fine, I'll take it. He didn't want to look like uh, didn't want to look like it was. Un pus pus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he uh, he just, you know, chiefed it down. Um, and about five minutes later, we're standing in a in a circle talking with some other some other folks. And I just see him go white. He I'm snarfed like, the darb <laughs> and then he met Jesus. <laughs> he snarfed the darb, met a little met a little Jesus. Um, so, yeah, there was probably a little Jesus dancing on his shoulder. He was he was in tough shape. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the guy and I look over at the uh, I look over the shelf. We're in a we're in a condo and I see um, in the kitchen on the shelf, there's a peppercorn mill. Now, two weeks prior, I was in <laughs> two weeks prior. I was in L.A. I had a similar experience. I'm on Leafly, and lo and behold, I find an article on how to how to mellow out your high from Willie Nelson. Yeah, eat four peppercorns. Yeah, I didn't have an opportunity to do it that night. Sure, and things mellowed out anyway. At this, this party, a, I'm this like, this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> at this party, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm putting this to, I'm putting this to work. So I rolled over, I grabbed the peppercorns out of this random person's condo. I, you know, probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but hey, alcohol. I don't think anyone has like, uh, and no one's gonna be like. Did you Take my peppercorns, <laughs> take my bro. Peppercorns, bro. There's a wild source. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. I would have been far more, uh, far more intimidated if, um, if they were, you know. Oh, what is that? Oh, distraction. All right. Anyway, long story short, four peppercorns later, this guy is mellowed out. He's feeling good. He's got no issues, and it was a miracle. Everyone thought I was trying to just fuck with the high guy by feeding him some peppercorns. It all turned out just fine. So, in uh, you know, if you need to need to chill, you need to take the the edge off that. Super aggressive high. Take Willie Nelson's advice. Eat some peppercorns. I love that. I've also heard pureed mango, a little bit of salt, and then right into um, an enema straight up the butt. All right. Some well-deserved silence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, Battlefront 2 is coming out. <laughs> I mean, what do you say? What do you uh, say? Battlefront so Two is speaking of Battlefronts. <laughs> please, please take us to uh, Battlefront. Speaking 2. of number number two Battlefronts, it was right there. Mm. The segue, I served Listen, it man, up to you. For uh, you know, I, I often like to come in from the back end of an argument. So after that moment, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, guys. Guys, hey. Christopher Walken. So, uh, yeah, Starfront, <laughs> Battle Stars, Warville. <laughs> this is pre-session, guys. This is pre-session. So, talk to me about some fucking Starfront yes. Battle. Star <laughs> so, talk Star Wars Battlefront Star Wars. 2 is upon us. Okay. Um, it has released uh, you know, action shooter, uh, Star yeah. Wars film franchise, of course fourth major installment uh in the battlefront series it is a reboot um from from the last one and 
uh, a reboot. So they're well because they're doing story stuff this time, right? There wasn't really any yeah, story. Yeah, they're calling in the it a one. reboot. And and buddy, you troll out the word reboot when the last thing you did sucked a dick. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, what? let's not disparage dick sucking like that. When when something. <laughs> well, Battlefront one wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was not a complete game. Right, that's correct. It was not a complete game. That's correct. And um, you know, uh, it, it's a shortcut that, that the studio tried to to take to cash in, and they did, and people were pissed. In fact, um, they got called out by the the character who plays Finn in the in Force Awakens. Right. About how bad their game was, and you no. know, yeah, oh, that's awful. He goes, he's like, "Where's the game, basically?" And so you got it, you got to come. So they did. They they've uh, returned to the drawing board and put in a full single player experience, mm-hmm. uh, and they 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 put um, uh, I believe Mo- Motive Studios mm-hmm. on that. So essentially, this game has three studios in on the the action. They have EA Dice, which handled the multiplayer, the multiplayer part. Um, yeah. The Motive Studios, which wrote the story. And it wasn't it was it Visceral? Uh, Criterion oh, Visceral. Oh, wasn't. Which is it which was I, visceral. I believe no, I believe Criterion and Visceral are inter are like sister studios or connected oh, okay. in some way. And c- in case I'm totally wrong, don't don't take my word for it on yeah, this one, guys. Uh, but eighteen seconds of silence for our uh, you know our, our good friends over at Visceral who are you know hunting for work at this point after yeah, that studio. Some closure. have found some good spots, but you know it always sucks when uh, uh, creators kick have to kick rocks. Yeah, man. Um, and there so are good. great studios and great games that don't deserve to be done dirty like that. I actually haven't played Dead Space, but. Um, I now have an increased interest haunting. in doing so. Haunting, interesting. Uh, love that game. Get nice. on, get on it. Um, right. So the, this this uh, Star Star Wars Battlefront Two. I'm uh, sorry, I was just finishing on the studios. Criterion mm-hmm. um, did the vehicle stuff. So anything that's in the in any kind of vehicles is where they shine, and they they put some the. Oh, I saw the uh, I saw the the um, oh what was it X wings. So there was a there was a um, just a little little bit of video footage that I saw on social media of two X wings crossing over one another in front of this giant ship. It it was chilling. Like I wasn't right. interested in the game until I saw that. So it's the amazing. Ev- the events of the story pick up right after and during the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, the second Death Star was destroyed. The 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 super weapon so nice they made it twice. Right. Um, and you're flying around in the Death Star debris, and it looks gorgeous really the vehicles move perfectly and what the ea did is they consulted with lucas arts and lucas films through the whole process just to get things like lighting right right like the rebels have a lighting scheme the the empire has a lighting scheme everything as soon as you see it you know you're looking at star wars that's awesome and for a star wars fan it's deeply gratifying sure when a setting can hit you on the first millisecond and you already feel gratified and everything after that it's i get into that mode where my jaws a little bit open through sure. the whole process um <clears throat> yeah here, well i mean we're both big star wars fans but I, I admittedly didn't even buy battlefront one i heard it was a pretty shallow game like you got in you had some, there were some fun multiplayer moments not really any storyline or even a campaign i don't think no and the whisperings were on the wall even before it came out and i i avoided for the same reason i sat in the chair um for a little bit and i believe they had Yeah, rob had it right yeah perhaps the the illustrious rob had it um, but i i played it at rv oh gotcha rv's house but um you know 
in the in the in Battlefield or sorry Battlefront two, um, you know, you also have the Star Wars team at, at Lucasfilms coming in with helping with narrative and helping with music and the aesthetics, mm-hmm. uh, the characters. So you really get that legitimacy, mm-hmm. and um, it is although the 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 um, uh, Lucasfilms people don't like the word canon. Right, but they do say the experience is authentic, and they've teased that there's going to be some Last Jedi information dropping in this game somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is something like I haven't played a, a single player Star Wars game, and you know that that goes kind of hand in hand with the news about Visceral, who just had a single player Star Wars game canned after several years of development in the closure of that studio. Um, but I haven't played a single player Star Wars game since, and it wasn't since KOTOR, because God knows I loved KOTOR and I played it on pretty much every platform it's ever come out on. But, um, you know, apart from KOTOR, it was... Which is Knights of the Old Republic. For right, the, sorry. Un- uninitiated the, the RPG. Listen, uh, man, if you RPG. don't know what KOTOR is and you're listening to this podcast, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I did it sounded like you're going to gatekeep on it, and I'd already, like, raised my gatekeeper slap, and you, you, you subverted I took, it. I took, it took a turnaround. Yeah, I think it was... Uh, what the heck is it called? Jedi Knight? No, not Jedi Knight. Uh, the one with Kyle Katarn. This is Jedi riv- Outcast. This is riveting content. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Jedi Academy is it? No, Jedi Academy. It was Jedi Outcast. It was it was something something Jedi Outcast. It was the one with Kyle. You Katarn. sound like my Uncle Murray. <laughs> it's a Jedi Outcast. You know what? Yeah, but it was that was an exceptional game. There's an exceptional game that nailed gunplay, that nailed you know lightsaber battles, that nailed the feel of you know being in hut space and and had so many cool elements going for it that felt uniquely Star Wars and that also you know gave me a Star Wars story. So I'm hoping to see the same thing out of this game. Well, uh, you know. And this seems to include that that feel, and and for the first time since I believe Dark Forces Two, mm-hmm. you're getting that's one where you pull the star destroyer out of the sky. No, you're being put in the uh, driver's seat. It's just not. <laughs> so uh, rather than segue that, I'm gonna get this bit out. You, you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> so uh, in this, you're put in the driver's seat of an imperial character sure. up with the Empire. Um, she's part of an elite squadron. She's a leader. Um, and what you get from the um, uh, the initial cutscenes is the Empire has all but won. They they are positioning the Death Star, and you actually get some interesting. No spoilers here. You get some beside behind the scenes information that what was going on in return of the jedi Mm -hmm. is revealed this you get to see a little bit of of the the empire's perspectives and you get to see you know in war what you find is everybody thinks that they're a good guy and this is true of the empire they Mm -hmm. you see these characters and they think they're bringing order to the galaxy (laughs) a stability safety those are all things that sound like great things uh and i i venture that you'll probably see we uh, are the good guys This skin condition, uh, alopecia, not pure evil. <laughs> um, you know, I think you're going to see her go through the experience of realizing that maybe you're, you're on the wrong side. Cool. Um, and uh, the, I got to say, you know, speaking of the multiplayer, there seems to be three different major versions, you know, Starfighter Assault, Galactic Assault, and Heroes, uh, Heroes versus Villains, and actually, sorry, another mode, Strike and Blast, and each one serves up, uh, you know, a range of different scenarios from the different eras. Some of them are unit restricted, mm-hmm. um, you know, but hero- heroes seem to be able to move between the eras, and they've opted for a point-by system per uh round or respawn mm-hmm. so you can get a, a slightly better unit straight away or you can save up to, to field one of the heroes i, I like that i oh, think that's, that's cool. going to be a little bit more balanced um y- you know i speaking about the heroes i watched um i watched a gameplay video 
of Yoda versus I can't. Why can I not remember Han Solo's kid? What's his name? Um, That's a spoiler if you haven't seen you know the uh, the Force Awakens. But I think we're two years past that. So yeah, it should I, th- be okay. I think the 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 statute of limitations is raised on that. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. So Kylo Ren. I saw a gameplay video of Kylo Ren and Yoda dishing it out in a in a lightsaber battle. Spoilers. Yeah. Yoda wins. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> in that instance. But um, I mean, listen, it looked really like fluid. There was some questionable hitbox stuff going on, but I, I don't know. Maybe that was just... It's always tough with lightsabers. And I think it was like an early build. T- I, I really don't know. Here's different. the truth of a lightsaber. If I hit you, the fight's over. Right. Right? Um, but, you know, that's not necessarily what's the best for gameplay, and that's that's always one of the challenges. And I what I was always missing for me is a version of the game um, that played like uh, GoldenEye at negative 10 health, that if I hit you with a lightsaber... You're dead. You're just dead. Well, they they had that. In, not to throw it back to Jedi Outcast 2, but we used to do lightsaber duels all the time. You'd go into multiplayer, just you and a buddy, and you'd pull out your lightsaber, and uh, we would just... I, I believe it was one hit kill. I, it You're seemed, a real I seemed, garbage person, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember. I seem to remember that it was like a one hit kill situation. I remember just playing over and over again lightsaber battles in that game. If this is anything like that, I want to do that now. Right, and you know what? It it's everything you remember and and better because the smoothness, the cinematic nature of the game is built right in. What I noticed in the gameplay is, you know, where a game like you have a game like uh, Call of Duty or Battlefield modern warfare they're very twitch based fighters you got to use those twitch reflexes by fighters i mean shooters to get those headshots you know very very intense in that way the aiming and movement in this seem a little softer um so it's, it seems like it's a little bit gent- gentler you don't need to be necessarily tuned up to 11 um to become an elite player in this it's a little bit of a gentler experience um uh and compensates with a, a rich gameplay. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I like that. Um, no, it's, it, 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 this looks like a fantastic game. I'm really excited right. for it. So you are you ready for what is the big controversy? Oh, there's, there's a big controversy? There's a big controversy. I was just feeling good vibes. It's the, the word of the day, loot boxes. Oh, loot boxes. Okay. So there's a big concern over the loot boxes that showed up in the alpha and the beta. Um, they seem to be very play, pay to win. Oh, no. Um, you could get the top pay to tier win. of these things called star cards that will um, – you can apply for damage modifiers, um, unit-specific boosts. And you can have three equipped at the same time and also use some um, uh, for uh, materials to craft something else, I believe. Um, And they're bought through crystals, which are obtained through real game cash. So um, there's a lot of... When you say real game cash... Real real world cash. So buy crystals and crystals buy crates. Can you earn them in the game? Do you know? No, you can't. So uh, these loot crates are you pay to obtain them and uh, they seem to have been dialed down a little bit from where they were in the alpha but early reports um uh had one reviewer i think he bought 90 dollars worth of loot crates the biggest one they had Uh um and you know he he was just uh annihilating people so even if you can't get end game or the top tier content it's essentially skips 10 or 20 or 30 hours of grinding um, to put you right at the top of the heap, right out of the gate. Uh, and, and I mean, that's what they're selling. And, you know, uh, to be throwing back to Destiny, they got a little bit of heat over this as well, but they committed um, that 
everything you bought would be cosmetic. Mm-hmm. You could buy stuff, but it would be uh, cosmetic and, you know, you little, little, little perks here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they've kind of erred more on uh, a pay to win sort of guide, um, which for me is, is a is a real game stopper. But how do you feel about loot boxes? I mean, listen, man, I I, I don't love it, the idea of it. <clears throat> I'm not <clears throat> pardon me. I'm not strictly opposed to the idea that someone could shortcut themselves through a game i mean i think what's the what's the most recent game uh, the, what is it uh, the shadow of mordor shadow of war yeah shadow of war <clears throat> so shadow of war i know had excuse me some some pretty aggressive in-game loot boxes that could be used to get yourself through the content much quicker in a single player game not so worried about it in a game that has multiplayer in it now i'm not strictly opposed to it if it's the kind of multiplayer that is session based so you know you're going in for a battle there's no persistent overworld like on a planet side or something like that um and you know there's a way to get to that level of power through actually playing the game if someone wants to fast track to a higher level of power by spending real money and then wants to jump into the the multiplayer arena then it's a question of balance have you balanced your game enough for me to still have a good time even though that guy has achieved power that you know uh you would otherwise have to to grind or play the game for hopefully not grind hopefully just play the game for yeah but if it's a scenario where this person can spend their money and get to the top tier of, of power and there's no way to achieve that through normal gameplay. Yeah, I have a real issue with that because there's at no point am I going to be dropping $100 on loot crates for a game. And if I can never achieve the top level of achievement in that game, even if I have no intention to do so, I'm just turned off it. Yeah, and it seems the space is focused on um, cosmetics and um, across a lot of different games and not that you can get to a place that other players can't, but you get there much faster. Um, and what I what I liked about about Destiny yes. is you could get to the middle, and you know I don't have a huge problem with with um, somebody who wants to spend a hundred dollars, and maybe they're in your position. They're not going to have time to, to 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 reach all the content by doing the standard grind, and they want a leg up. But you know I am a little bit sensitive to the fact that if I shell out eighty bucks for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I I'm a little bit concerned at a studio that's motivated to want to try and do their best to squeeze, you know, a hundred and sixty dollars more out of me mm-hmm. um, through what essentially is a, a gambling system. And they actually had to go to court to just really really argue that these systems that they're putting in game for loot boxes aren't gambling. Sure, and it, it was determined that they're not, and at the same it was, time, it, it, was, it sure fucking feels like It gambling. was declared there or not. I don't know. Listen, if I pay $80 and you spin a random number generator and give me shit, that's gambling. It feels like gambling, man. It's 80 real dollars. It yeah. really happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's listen, it's, this is the, like probably the number one topic of – people who play video games right now, people who are discussing, well, what really are the limits of what I'll spend on a video game? You know, I'm I'm used to subscription gaming because I've played, you know, uh, MMOs for a long time. I've also looked down on MMOs that have monetized by selling pay-to-win items. That, to me, has always been a turnoff. And so, you know, I'm happy to pay a company for cosmetics. I'm happy to pay a company for DLC released after the fact, presuming you gave us, like, a complete game to begin with. If you want to throw in an expansion pack a la Destiny 1, 
that you know adds new stuff for me to do well i consider that something that i'm more willing to game pay for. yeah more, more game. game as long as you didn't carve that game off the meat of the bones of the the original that's, game i mean and that's tough to that's tough to adjudicate but at the same time like you can tell if a game is like the original destiny not a lot of content yeah not that great great platform great platform <laughs> yeah. and Yet we still paid for all of the, that DLC, but here we are talking about how it kind of sucked. And you know, I think all the companies out there that are, or all the all the publishers out there are are looking at how far they can push the envelope. And you know, the the world of the world of demand will determine how far they can push that envelope. That's the one thing that you get, you have to realize is that there will always be a developer that's willing to um, forego the the thing that's pissing gamers off about video games. Um, to grab more market share and to have that thing to talk about. We have no microtransactions. You know, we are not a, pay, or a, a game as a service. Buy our game and you can play the shit out of it. Guild Wars 2, for example, is a, is, is, is a, is a great example of that. No subscription. Um, you can buy, you know, cosmetics and stuff like that, but by all accounts, not pay to win in, in the slightest. And I would argue, I mean, some people would argue with me, but, you know, for me personally, any day of the week I'm playing Final Fantasy or I'm playing World of Warcraft far before I'm ever touching Guild Wars 2. And I played a lot of Guild Wars 2. And the fact that that thing was free to play, you buy the, sorry, not free to play, but you buy the game, buy to play, and you never have to toss another cent at the developer to get the full experience out of the game. That was the reason why I played that game for a year as opposed to those other those other two MMOs. Yeah, and it's a good incentive. Yeah, you know, it's the power for studios to shape what's coming out on the market um, you know, is huge, and, and some of it is um, when art and business clash. Because I think what we're talking about is video games are an illegitimate art form, and actually some of the best art that's come out in the last 30 years have been in the form of video games, which is interesting because it used to be thought as such a niche, um, you know, experience. A small group of people sure. were gamers; it's grown exponentially. But uh, some accountant has figured out that players are more likely to buy a loot crate in a multiplayer game. Right. And if I set up a framework, I don't have to set I don't have to produce content because they'll just play each other. Right. And buy loot boxes to get no, to the it's top. That's a good insight, man. It's a good insight. Yeah, you're you're the, the the other players are the content and the loot boxes are the monetization. Right. <laughs> exactly. Cuz I'll ask you a question. Have you ever bought any kind of loot any have you ever converted real money into something in a game i have i have never uh, cosmetic yes but not not pay to win so i have bought gold in, in world of warcraft did you you I filthy did. fucker now not not repeatedly but i have you and silly man. and the chance of me buying i i am so against doing that in a single player experience but it was somehow dwarfed by the want to get ahead in a multiplayer sure. experience. Well, yeah. And I did feel a little bit dirty. It was such you a, should. It was a filthy transaction. Somebody sure. runs up to you in Iron Forge with a very strange name on a naked tune and slides you some gold. You know you're break, breaking the, the end user agree, agreement. You know, you know you're breaking that EULA that you hastily clicked agree to, but you didn't care because you, you got that gold. <laughs> well, speaking of World of Warcraft, um, big news is that uh, WoW's new expansion has been announced, and it's called, drumroll please, The Battle for Azeroth. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the Battle for Azeroth. I mean, it's just, it's not the best title. Let's be, let's be 100% real here. Do you know what it feels like to me? 
What does it feel like? Back to basics. I mean, so listen, that's the whole premise of the expansion. Right. Is that they're taking the game back to the conflict between the Horde and the Alliance. They're moving away from the structure of uh, every expansion since Vanilla, which is, um, you know, get in there. There's a big bad doing something. Right. Go to his land. And and, take care of that. And hang him from the rafters. You know, well explained, I think. And, you know, at the the core of it, you know, the internal struggle uh, for the horde. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is much cooler. I'm an alliance guy myself. Me but too. It's much cooler than for the alliance. Like, I, it doesn't that sound like mm. a struggled like like somebody says for the horde and you're like looking around for the alliance. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it feels like a white guy that got caught in the wrong neighborhood and he's like, <laughs> brap, brap, what are you doing over here, partner? And you're like, oh, I'm just out for a cheeseburger. Like, <laughs> like it's just, uh, I'm it's just a, out for the alliance, man. Yeah, I'm just uh, huh, just allying myself with uh, the other. Good races. Did I say good? I mean different. You meant different. You've got a squeaky chair, Dan. Oh, it's funny. That is, you got to like stop moving your body, I think. Uh, the squeak. I need all the energy that's happening. It's got to be just in your just eyes. Just in your eyes. Eyes and one finger yeah, on man. each hand. One finger for sure. I that's fo- It's just good Foley work. Like we, this podcast is gaming and it's haunted house. That's right. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so the cool thing, so first of all, have you seen the trailer for Battle for Azeroth? I wonder, I wonder what us both laugh, laughing into the mic sounds like to our audience. And uh, get, get at us on that. Hit us up at uh, the email. Let us know. Well, our audience is currently my mom. So hi, mom. Yeah, let's be honest. Your mom doesn't listen. She to doesn't this listen shit. to this thing. No, no. <laughs> she she turned she tuned out at co- co- uh, Coyote first. She was like, "No, thank <laughs> no, you. No, thank you. No, I have an you. important life to live." Did I see the trailer? Yeah, I did. And um, I like the idea. Like developers are getting uh, wise to the fact that if they can make content that auto rolls itself, um, you know, they add some replayability. And what I heard uh, is they're talking about endless exploration. Now I hear that. And I think, um, what's that game that just uh, really, really hurt my feelings recently? No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah, you that know, one. I wonder, you know, what's the value <laughs> of this endless, uh, you know, exploration? The thing is, but is when you I'm, go into... I'm titillated, right? I mean, when you go into procedural generation of anything, it can be really challenging to make anything feel meaningful. That said, what you're, what you're referring to, I think, is the island. So in this, in this, in this um, expansion, they're rolling out a new feature called the islands, which is constantly changing scenarios for three people, for three players. Uh, and I think they're... How am I going to edit that? Oh, very. Never mind. <laughs> so, um, which is constantly changing content for three players, and so it's class agnostic, which means that uh, you know you can really have three tanks or three healers or three damage dealers or whatever, and you go onto the island, and it could be you know a gang of trolls that you're trying to take out, or it could be you know a, a, a den of gnolls that you need to eradicate or whatever, right? So, it. In the classic WoW formula, you're going into a dungeon. It's exactly the same every single sure. time. The bosses are the same. Right. The mobs are the same. Yeah. And this is just a slight tweak on that. You formula. don't know what you're gonna get in there. It's and a grab. It's a grab bag. What I heard them say is PVEVP, or yes. was it PVPVE? I mean, listen. So I think we have to say that 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 term has been coined before, and it's never gotten comfortable. <laughs> it's no. just it just it, doesn't sound it's right. like it's like you're just doing things at right that point. well and it, you know like mobas are like that in a lot of cases you got your lanes that have another live player but they also have the game in there sure uh, you know yeah and I, I think you're right they've kind of grabbed this term and they're like I hope this means something we keep saying it <laughs> I hope it means something well, Dale does this mean something yeah we're okay <laughs> with it we're feeling we're good. it well it's almost it's almost as bad as Guild Wars 2's 
WVWVW. What does that mean? It's well, it's like basically a three-sided PvP conflict. But for some reason, they thought it was great to call it World versus World versus World. Well, it's not three worlds. I mean, there is. Anyway, that's that aside. But so <laughs> with the battle for Azeroth, I think there's a lot of cool features that they're jamming in here that, that are actually, you know, they're not explosive reveals. At this point, WoW's been around for well beyond a decade. And I think we can probably safely say that the kind of iteration and um, innovation that they bring to the table is iteration and innovation that's going to still feel comfortable, still feel like wow. That's why most, well, I mean, that's why I still play wow. It feels like slipping into a warm bath of addiction and shame. That's right. right. Yeah. So, and that's that's what's brought me back year after year after year. And so they're doing, um, did you see the new races they're launching? I saw a couple of them. Um, there's uh, uh, the Star Frogs. The, there is uh, shut it down. The, shut it down. The, the deep gnomes. So, the deep gnomes. Deep yeah. dwarves. Actually. Deep dwarves. I was trying to think of something funnier <laughs> than that. But yeah, no, I did see you. You know, a couple of them. Uh, well, I mean, so there's. Um, I, I saw void elves, and so just to preface this, they're all playable sub races. So they're like, there's nothing that's brand new. They're no. just almost like reskinning, retexturings of the the present races, which is interesting and, and wouldn't be exciting if I didn't know that WoW was going to pad that out with some serious lore content. going to get some lore. Yeah, you're going to get some, like, I mean, for sure there's going to be some great story. I, I can tell you that I've played a lot of MMOs, Final Fantasy fourteen in, included, and there's some good story in Final Fantasy fourteen. but the day that they launched Wrath of the Lich King in World of Warcraft and I played through as a Death Knight, probably one of my favorite story experiences of an MMO, right? right? So I have a lot of faith in Blizzard's ability to take the Void Elves. Um, they've also got a new a new race of Tauren, I think, uh, the the big cow people. I didn't I didn't catch the new Tauren. What, what's the new Tauren? Uh, it's the High Mountain Tauren. I think they're like more of a, I don't know, some sort of more elements. I mean, they're already pretty freaking shamanic and elemental. I don't know how much more shamanic and elemental you can get. What do you do, what do, you do with cows? Like, where do you take a cow? You take that, them to High that, Mountain. That you, you get them high in the mountain. Right, that you don't chuckle about. Like, oh, these are f fire cows. You're like, okay, listen. Listen, this, man. This is difficult. <laughs> don't make me do this, Dale. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the islands to me is really exciting because it's content that you know feels I'm assuming they're gonna do their best to make that feel fresh every time you jump in uh, infinite exploration all the time was the quote from uh, the lead designer Matt Goss so that that sounded sounded promising and uh, they're also doing something called Warfronts, which I think is what you were referring to it's like RTS inspired PvP so it's like Warcraft inspired PvP yeah talking about going back to the original they're going back to Warcraft 1 and 2 Tides of Darkness style, where you know you're building a town hall and a barracks, and, you know, and that's that, that's fucking fresh, if I could say. Well, I mean, so I hope that it's exactly what you've described—that they're taking those bare bones elements out of the fun. Pardon me, I should say fundamental elements out of the original Warcraft one, th one, two, and three, and you know, and and dropping it somehow in the game. That to me sounds like something I'd be be ready to get down with. It's funny, it's like MMOs become this space where you, you grow your world so big that you eventually become, uh, you, you eventually start playing games within games. Yeah. It's like, it's like Final Fantasy fourteen. They they recently, well not recently, I guess a couple of years ago now, they came out with their, you know the card, what's the card game from Final Fantasy? Gwent. No, you fucker. That's from, what's it called? Witcher 3. Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, what's the card game called? Uh, Parcheesi? Parcheesi? No, it's Triple Triad. Triple Triad. Google for the win. Um, so Triple Triad, yeah, they, they, they put in a whole collecting card and getting into the game uh, and playing with other players subsystem, almost like uh, from, from Knights of the Old Republic. What the hell's the name of that card game? 
Okay, failure all over the place. Uh, what's that Pazak. one? Pazak. Pazak. Yeah, I knew You want that to one. play Pazak with old Mir? <laughs> I think, anyway. Um, so, that being said, the one feature that I'm, <laughs> I'm most excited about is the fact that they're expanding level scaling across, um, across all the content. Mm-hmm. So... You know, one of the most irritating things for me is that I like to level alts. Just for, for uh, obviously, I know what level scaling is, but for someone who didn't know, what's level scaling? Well, level scaling, well, it's the ability to do content um, within a range of levels. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the most recent WoW expansion, which is Legion, right, you can do any of the five zones worth of questing and, and dungeons and whatever content in any order you want. And the zone scales to your player level. Sounds like an accessibility thing. Well, it is, and it's also a you know a cho- a player choice thing because you you got to think about it. Right now, as it stands in WoW, if you want to level between twenty and forty, there are three or four zones. Got to go to those zones. Right. Yeah. With you know with the the way that it'll be made out through this um, through this new expansion, there'll be a much larger breadth of zones, a much larger. Um, amount of content that you can do at any given level so that your leveling experience can be even further varied kind of takes the shackles off of of where you're headed yeah and and i I can appreciate that i think that you know most most folks who are playing wow um at this point sorry i shouldn't say most folks but a lot of folks who are playing wow at this point have been playing wow for a freaking long time probably have hit all those zones up in a similar order you know many times it seems interesting to me that i might at some point be able to level 20 through 30 in Fellwood, which is historically like a 46 to 55 zone, as opposed to, you know, hitting thousand needles again or something. Wow, Almanac, Andy, just spouting mm, I mean, the facts. I, yeah, well, they may be wrong, but they're facts. <laughs> the, I like, hey, listen, there's alternative facts when facts fail us. You know, it's interesting. It's something that Destiny put in really well is, uh, you know, you can be of divergent levels uh, tackling, uh, you know, the f- same open world content and everything is simultaneously scaled to you and I, even though our power levels are, you know, uh, you have double your power level. Disparate, yeah, and, that's great. And, and it's it's wild. Uh, and uh, the game does a good job of not getting easier as you're exploring the open world, even as you get higher levels. Maybe you have more tools, uh, you know, you have a, a, a more diverse tool bag to pull from in terms of your weapons and armors and build outs. Mm-hmm. But the enemies in some ways get harder um, which is fascinating, even though we're both looking at the same content. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I like the notion that players can play together even if there is a variance in their power level. I think that's historically one of the things that's been most challenging for me in an MMO is that I'll get in and I'll have six or seven buddies who are playing with me at the same time, including my wife, for example, and the only person I can play with is my wife because we're doing leveling content. We're on the same quests. We're at the same power level and we can actually sit down and play through the leveling experience together. It's not until end game that you can play with all those other folks. And even at end game, even at end game, you've got the guys who have the, you know, the welfare dungeon, <laughs> dungeon gear. You got the guys who have the shiny raid epics and you know, everybody in between. And it can be very challenging to just be on the same page as your buddy who plays more than you to a, to the degree that you can actually do content together. Andy, did you marry your healer? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. No, I married my hunter, which is... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a, but I'm a tank you, man myself. You so. married some DPS. I That's married DPS some... In the I, want DP, I, I wanted it frisky. So now you need, now you need to get uh, your little ones into uh, leveled up into healer positions. Mm-hmm. Maybe a buffer. 
Yeah, you well, know, I'm already paying subscriptions on their accounts. They won't be able to play for probably half a decade. But, you know, listen. Bought them in there. Get those anniversary bonuses you. now. Well, for, <laughs> lock in. Lock yeah, in now. Speaking of a bonus, I think it's time for the smoke sesh. I mean, we're almost there. I have to tell you, though, one other thing that really got me to... Can you tell I like wow? <laughs> I really Are like wow. Are you about to hit me with another wow fact? Well, but he, hear me out. This is this is a big one. This can is I, a big one. All right, listen. This is... A, I'm, I get a veto later for some bullshit. <laughs> So at BlizzCon, which is Blizzard's annual, and it's not just strict WoW news, but it's something really cool that Blizzard has done for the players. At BlizzCon, they actually did a tent. So there's ten, about 10,000 people who attended BlizzCon that have active WoW accounts and WoW characters. They actually 3D printed every one of those players' characters and made a massive diorama. Um, and if you were for the Alliance... They made you a blue figure, and if you were for the Horde, they made you a red figure. They plotted them all on this big, like, uh, miniature map. Um, and probably one of the most impressive, like, marketing-focused things for a product launch I think I've ever seen. Highly personal, also highly relevant, Horde versus Alliance. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. You know what? I, I saw the map where you could, like, pick, find your character. I'm at, you know, I'm in Group C, Row 4, um, you know, Position 5. And that must have been a cool feeling to go and pick out your guy and be able to see them. And I wonder if they let you take it home. I, at the, I mean, at I the would last hope so. day. Like, obviously not at the time because everyone's got to come see it. But you know what? If, if, if Blizzard really gave a flying uh, griffin, they would have painted <laughs> it, hand-painted every one of hand those minis. painted all 10,000. Every one of those minis. Listen, man, there are enough neckbeards in that audience to get it done in one, in one weekend. That sounded, that sounded like some judgmental bullshit. Hey, man, neck, neckbeard to neckbeard. Veto. 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 I used it too early. Damn you, it. You, you just blew your veto. Uh, you blew your veto early, and then you had a, an epic, <laughs> an epic chair creak to boot. That wasn't the chair. That was my colon. It's got to work out. Dang, Dan. Dang, Dan. But yes, why don't we go ahead and transition over? You want to do the smoke session? No, let's let's talk about wow some more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move over. Dan, you gotta like when we do these transitions, you can't just start it with something lewd. Someone's gonna come in out of transition and just bounce right out. You're so right. Let's do it again. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> oh, you're the absolute world's worst. Okay, one more time. No, we're not doing this again. Penis is standing. Oh, it's standing. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrifying. Just stop holding your arms out as if you're going to clap, because we're not clapping this one out. All right, cool. It's just, it's just not happening. I'm into it. Uh, welcome to the Smoke Sesh, where we're going to be taking a look at some honey boo-boo today. Got me a little honey boo-boo. Um, Dan, take a look at this nug, buddy. Slide me that nug. This is some fucking, this is the real real right here. Right? Mm. This, this looks like a Christmas. This one looks like a Christmas tree, and I don't want to pop the cherry on the Christmas talk too early because let's be honest, there's 12 days of Christmas and none of them are in November. Everybody write that down. <laughs> but this does look like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. I won't I won't give you any other evaluations because I, I know you'll go first. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, well, so I picked this up um, a couple days ago from the local dispensary. It was one of their most highly recommended strains. Never had Honey Boo Boo before. Looking at it, um, it's got some pretty dark green. It's pretty dark green bud. 
Uh, it's nice and tight too. Um, the leaves are, are uh, all super curly and the hairs on it are, look at that bright orange, like a fire truck. I mean, I, all of the fire trucks in Canada are orange, right, Dan? Yeah, the old orange the fire old truck. Orange fire That's truck. We're well known for. <laughs> well known. They call them uh, the creamsicles of life. Creamsicles of life. Stop creaking at me, my friend. Maybe if you just let it go. I can't let it go. I'm, I'm doing my best to remain motionless. <laughs> and if you could relax, I can't wait. I need for to get this you man. like a neck brace. I, I need to get you. A for, I can't wait for this man to get his first bowl because then I'll, I'll stop hearing about this fucking chair. <laughs> the squeaky chair. I think it's your asshole squeaking. Yeah, well, that's certainly a possibility. Um, not not, you know, I mean, not a super frosty nug, um, you know, a little bit of a light dusting. Now, what about the smell? So we're gonna take a look at we're gonna take a look at Leafly after this and see what you know real people who evaluate marijuana are saying about it. But right now it's got it's got almost like a savory scent. You know, the one side looks like a Christmas tree. The other one, the other side looks like uh, the face of a, a wizened dwarf. It does. It does actually. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely in there. This is pre-session talk, everybody. Everybody. It's piney. I see. I didn't get any pine. It's fresh. Hey, listen, you can relax is what you can do. I can never relax. You had relax. your chance. Vito, damn it, I already used it. Yeah, it's already gone. And grape. <laughs> that went, mm, that ground plant matter went right up my nose. You know, that's not how you do this particular, <laughs> this particular one. This particular You might be thinking of a <laughs> another Christmas-like That I shouldn't, certainly wouldn't be participating in. No, who would? Um, so this is like. Yeah, so much grape. I mean, talk to me about the grape on that. Like you I know what? You know what? You know what? You're right. There's some grape situation going on. My gosh, you're there. right. My gosh, Daniel. <laughs> I believe he has something. Oh, that's a dank Dan uh, slam dunk. Guys, that's a dank Dan doozy. That is that is a little bit of grape, a little bit of burnt toast. I'm you, getting a little burnt toast there. You are about to have a seizure, actually. That, that's a stroke, but thank you uh, from the Red Cross. Yep. Mmm... Yeah, okay, well, let's find out what's... Uh, oh, a little bit of honey in there, too. Oh, the boo-boo. Oh, the boo honey boo-boo. There you go. So I'm getting a little bit of honey. I agree with you on the grape. And uh, can you get any toast in there? Talk to me about toast. Not this guy. Nope. Not today. Not Sorry, today. pal. Right. I, I want to agree with you, but I, I'm not there. I'm not there. All right, let's see what Leafly has to say about this bad boy. Honey boo-boo. Oh, here we go. 4.7 on Leafly. 24 reviews. 4.7 what out of what? Sorry, that's a, that's a review score out of score. five. So out of five. 4.7 sick nugs out of five, six. That's sick correct. 4.7. 4. What should our rating system be? Should we give them like a count out of per, like seven to ten purple squids? Purple squid, the purple squid rating system? Yeah. I don't know. I think we, uh, think we, I think we brainstorm this after we smoke a little. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I dig that. Uh, so here we go. Let's get into Honey Boo Boo. An 80% indica by DNA Genetics. Honey Boo Boo is a limited edition strain. Oh, look, rare. Designer. Designer strain. That crosses a Bubba Kush mother with a Captain Crypt OG male. Captain Crypt. I love that. That sounds incredible. That sounds ominous. Oh, man. Captain Crypt. With a sweet flavor that... In, oh, sweet flavor. I feel like, uh, I, feel like I, I kind of nailed it on the honey. That in part lends this strain her name. Honey Boo Boo deals a heavy-handed blast of euphoria that melts throughout the body. I like euphoria that insists upon itself. <laughs> <laughs> like, this euphoria isn't taking no for an answer. It is taking no prisoners. Her dense buds, 
finish flowering after eight to nine weeks, and her maturation is often marked by darkened purple leaf tips. Purple. So, There's that see, purple. Do you see any purple in that? I don't really see any purple. Um, you know what? There, we got the top of the nug. So the, there's not a lot of leaves, leaves, leaflies, leaflies. Well, that's probably fair. Um, yeah, that's probably so, fair. Probably um, not a lot of leaf in there. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give it a pass on that. But this is definitely marijuana. I think it is. I think it might be. Flavors. Not bad. Number one, sweet. Number two, are you ready for this? Honey. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And number three, pungent. Yeah, that's not a flavor. No, that's but I did say savory at the beginning, so could I feel you, like could you stroke your cock any harder? I just right now? feel really like because listen, man, I've done this a couple times. Yes, and I've been wrong, so wrong. It's called honey boo boo. I mean, listen, the inference oh, dollar in the dollar lesson in jar. the lesson jar, dollar in the lesson jar. DNA genetics, honey boo boo is across. Blah blah blah. Let me just say, Andy, you killed it on this. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you that, got the dank Dan seal of approval <laughs> no, on this one. Dank Dan toke of approval. So here, here's just a quick uh, most recent review. Went and got more honey boo boo in a crumble this time. Oh, shatter! I don't want to read about shatter. I want to read about flower. Well, whatever. People like Honey Boo Boo. Let's go ahead and smoke it. How about that? I love it. All right. So, uh, well, ooh, we got a nice little, nice little bent so neck beaker I, bong here. What I've brought today, should I, should I share with the audience what of we're course. smoking let's, out of? Let's talk about the the, the smoking uh, piece. I did borrow this from my sweet, sweet lady, and what it is is a delightful uh, Cheech and Chong up in smoke, um, smaller bong. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's a uh, comfortable in the hand. It is pink. Yeah, uh, just to prove it is my girlfriend's the man, the bong. The manliest of bongs. That's right. And you know what? I'm okay with That's it. all right, man. That's all right. Listen, pink it. is okay. You know what? And some of the best things in life are pink. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Deep. All mm. right. And actually, that goes right along with um, uh, our, our munchie of the week. Munchie of the week, which we'll bl- we'll blast out after we blast off. Oh, exciting! Um, would you like me to pack you un un un, un, bowl? un, un bowl un bowl please un bowl un bowl Thank you. Yeah, no, that's a sweet bong, man. Uh, I love that bong specifically because it is nice and small and feels almost like a like a Sherlock or like a, like. I mean, it feels like a pipe that I can just hold in my hands. It doesn't it, necessarily need to be on the table. That's cool. It does. It has a slight bent um, to the the aperture, so you can get your mouth on it without really hunkering over it, which yeah. some bongs demand. Oh yeah, man. Oh, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and give this guy a light. Got a lighter. Thank you, sir. Just brought a habit today, eh, Andy? Mm-hmm. That's all I brought. Here we go. Now, as, as Andy finishes, I want you to ask yourself, did he say that's all I brought, or did he say Joss is all I brought, indicating the Firefly DVD box set that he did bring? We we didn't heavy. I, I didn't hear anything you said, but it sounded clever. Um, that was pungent, super pungent on the exhale. That's like... Almost burning my nostrils. I'm scared. And I got none of the sweetness can, on the exhale. Can you dial nine and one? If I get in trouble, just hit that last one. Okay? For sure. Okay, thank you. For sure. Oh, Dan, lighten that bowl, get in the tip. Fun little bowl tip. Um, best way to light a bowl is to, to hit it right on the corner there so that you get as minimal exposure of that, uh, of that lighter flame to the, to the plant matter. And it'll just burn on through. Without uh, without hitting a whole load of load of what the fuck is that butane? A big butane spooge all over your bowl. You liked that, did you? I did. How's the taste? Um, milder than I thought. Um, it does have a pungent finish, 
mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't kick me in the lungs like I was very afraid it was gonna do. And actually, I'm gonna circle back around for just a second little stop off. Mm, get in there at Shiny Time Station. This badass just hit me right right in the eyes. I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling it in my eyes immediately. A little bit of a uh, little bit of a perk in my forehead region. And the taste, you know what? It's funny because like the taste as it's mellowing in my mouth a little bit, I'm getting a bit of that sweetness. It was initially just really, really, and the, the, the word I'll use to describe it again is savory. I guess that's pungent, right? Um, coming out of my nose, it was almost burning the corners of my nose and just leaving behind this almost burnt toast scent. I'm so. getting the mellowness and it's a real even flavor. It's not sharp at all. Um, which I was a little bit concerned about when I hear the word pungent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm, get, I'm not getting as much as a sweetness, though. Um, but it's let it Let it settle in. Let it settle in. Let it settle. Let it settle. It's definitely not foul. No, I, definitely I, not. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no. This is uh, not skunky. Um, doesn't have... It's it's not particularly perfumey either. This The sweetness is nice and subtle. Yeah, okay, honey boo-boo. What do you think, man? How are you feeling about it? Um, you know, initial initial impressions, I like it. It's approachable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the flavor is inoffensive, mm-hmm. and I can already feel it welling up in my body like an ancient fjord, uh, fjord. Thre- threatening to crest over the hills and valleys. Um, I don't think the fjords ah! crest. <laughs> no, pardon? <laughs> they don't. They don't crest over anything. A fjord is a. Andy. Yep. I'm going to ask you this to never contradict me in front of the audience okay <laughs> i won't if you got won't. a problem with someone i said you jot it down on a post-it note uh-huh you slide it to me or you're, you're sandbagging me out here. i mean listen pal you're, we're talking about fjords it's my fjord. it's a it's scientific no, this fact. is a personal it's a personal fjord, fjord. experience <laughs> if we were navigating inlets and i needed to know something about a, f- a fjord definitely speak up but in this case it's a, it's you a symbolic even, fjord you weren't even invited to the in, fjord party. In, in the village of the fjord. You're still on the outside. You're already casting dispersions. I think that's quite enough. I think that's we'll just shut it down there. <laughs> we'll just shut down the fjord talking. Um what do you what do you so what do you want to rate this? Like how how are you feeling about it? Uh, you know So like, it's it just just as a quick note, the indica feeling is like square in my chest yeah. right now. I'm feeling very glued to my chair at the moment. Very relaxed throughout. A nice nice feeling of well-being. And yeah, my mood, I mean, listen, we're we're doing a podcast, so it's pretty hard to be down on my mood, but I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling particularly uplifted. Oh, I like that. Ooh. Um there does feel like uh there's been some glue poured over my body. Yes. And uh I'm not angry at it. No, man. You're 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 nice and glued. <laughs> all right so yeah, dude we have a munchie i feel like you're secretly promoting like some other other uh products here like you mentioned a little bit of snow you now mentioned glue how many things are in that suitcase yeah man well the last time i uh last time i was huffing glue on the side of the uh side of the road i wasn't doing a podcast about it that's for sure write that on a plaque with my name next to it says andy <laughs> Under your statue? Under my statue. (laughs) (laughs) Put a dash and then write my name. Mm, Get that there. Get that there. You know what I'm talking about. Dude, we have a munchie. I'm excited. And I'm really feeling it at the moment. I think it's it's appropriate. So to go with our our beautiful pink bong. What did you bring us? We have been graced with a a pink six-foot serving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the, of, the the best the best foods in life can be measured by the foot that's yeah yeah I, you can't say no to that no i'll take five feet of 
Delicious. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Uh, and so what we're six feet of uh, hubba bubba Ooh. bubble gum. Hubba it bubba is, bubble gum it, for honey boo boo. It mm. is in the flat rollout form. So this is a, an entire spiral of gum uh, coated in a what can only be described as a white powdery desiccant to keep it from sticking to itself. And I appreciate that. Because <laughs> if they just somebody just handed you a puck of gum, you'd be like, this is a mission. <laughs> yeah, man, there's uh, there's there's very little fiddling required here. But I do, it is kind of upsetting, like, the texture that it has. Like, this dust that comes off the gum, the desiccant, so to speak, it just, it feels like a latex glove. And to me, that's that's just not cool. Not a super great start. Think of them as really classy mints. <laughs> that have that dusting on them. I've just thought about the this. Smell is and heavenly, the f- though. That's right. That's a chemically engineered smell oh, man. by the good people like Procter and Gamble. <laughs> oh, this would you... smell excellent to a three-year-old. Put it in. Put it in. Like, because the substance the gum is based on gum out of a like a gum tree mm-hmm. that the the natives of the Aborigines of that area chewed. It would taste like tree sap. Taste well. I mean, listen. And, there's a and time I like place. I love an American because he's down there. He's he's. Got a sugar plantation. He goes, oh, the natives are chewing on this stuff like quite a bit. Oh, it doesn't taste great. But add a little bit of sugar. I'm sure we can get them to go for it. It'll be a dandy. <laughs> a little bit of sugar makes the world go round. Now, that impersonation impression is probably like 100 years off. It was probably an, like a, an early 18th century explorer rather yeah, than. Yeah, probably the, not a plantation either. Um, well, there was some sugar type farming operations that would have been considered plantations, but not as the way you consider an American plantation it would be uh would be different okay <laughs> plantations yeah well i mean i think sugar is still planted on plantations so i'm realizing the foley work mm-hmm. for our podcast of us chewing gum it, gum is a, te- a terrible a bad idea terrible podcasting snack so i promise and I'm not even going to be upset about how I'm spitting out this gum because it's getting worse by the <laughs> So the flavor started off really nice and pungent, really mm-hmm. nice. And, you know, it was like a it was like a friendly, sweet greeting. Now it's like a greasy, a greasy. Uh, wow. It's like a greasy hork. That's the that's the texture. I you I believe you could use this as special effects for a horror movie involving an expanding blob. Yeah, that looks like a pustule, friend. Oh, I'm glad I've already pulled it out of my mouth. Yeah, let's by get the rid time of these. Said the this word. Is, this is not. This is pustule. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's ear magic, by get the way. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. Okay, so um, gum, not a great idea. No, nope. let's let's do a normal munchie next time. Something well, that I can swallow. If you think of like audio uh, uh, friendly munchies it's a, it's a, there's none it's a thin picking it's like um that's like breath mist you know what we should do because we got this thing all wrong what's that can we in a way make it a surprise that you have to guess based on the sound but because like it can't be with the audience it has to be between us you're gonna make us you're gonna make you're gonna make the so munchie we, make a sound and we, i'm gonna guess yeah what's well, that is that that a, makes sense? Is that a fun game? I think that's a fun. I think we're doing that next week. I think week. we can get like ten gimmicks out of this <laughs> before we get between like after Pringles and popcorn and pretzels and nuts. You're like pork rinds. You're like, what was that? Oh, that was the uh, des- that, decided crunch of a pork rind. <laughs> that was. Uh, I had a nice steamed carrot. Dan, you can't do a steamed carrot. I feel like you don't get. That's cheating. <laughs> steamed carrot is cheating all day. Steamed carrot. <laughs> That's phoning it in. That's. Oh goodness. <laughs> um. Well, you know what we didn't talk about. What's that? 
and right now I'm feeling very much like I should be exercising <laughs> on this deep, dank indica. Now I feel like being glued to my chair for the rest of eternity. But uh, we didn't talk about the strains to improve your workout. And it, I find this kind of interesting. So High Times put up an article, 10 Best Strains to Improve Your Workout. Dan, have you ever smoked weed and thought immediately, I want to work out? You, I, can't, you can't put it in that order. I d- never. You can't put it in <laughs> just, that order. To me, this was like baffling, man. There's no way that I'm going down going down hot on a joint and uh, afterwards deciding to do a couple push-ups. Just, I'm, I'm, the, only, the closest I'm coming to a push-up is lifting a cheeseburger to my lips. Oh, boop, boop, boop. If I could snap <laughs> my fingers, I would. That yeah, was such a you great can't your fingers? No, I mean like you know how they do like gangster style and like. Where they oh yeah, like no, but now you're just... and, I, and I'm wearing accoutrement. My, yeah, my you various... listen, man. Why would you risk the tendonitis? You know. You said it. Yesterday we were playing a game of Street Fighter, um, after which you know Dan had beaten me, uh, and he decided that we would not play another another round so that I could redeem myself because your wrists hurt. Um, I, it's it's mostly true what you've said. I had just beaten you, but we were tied one apiece. I see. So you did the honorable thing. I felt like I felt like it, it was where we should leave it at that point. And it, it's not that my wrists are sore. It's that my right wrist is sore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm an old man with this. I'm trying to lay down that Chung Li turbo kick. Oh, the and... Chung Li is – I mean, Chung Li is such like – she's such a, um, a marquee street fighter. She's got a style that – um, is so trademark, and at the same time, I fucking just hate Chun Li. Mm. That that uh, if they were to remove Chun Li from every Street Fighter ever, I would be a happy man. Is it because she's a woman? Come on, man! What are you talking about? Maybe a thing about wanting to be beaten up by a woman. No, I'm just, I'm certainly so, not. So certainly what is not. it then? Certainly is, not. Is it her their delightful buns? Is it that that she seems to take delightful joy in delightful buns? I like what you did there because you motioned to your hair, but we all thought buttocks. Oh, well, yeah. But uh, let's let's move squarely away from misogyny and go into the point. No, that but she, I mean like like okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean it's that it's the incessant kicking, it's the always kicking. She's always fucking kicking that right. woman. And I was gonna say you mentioned buns, and I think when it comes to Chung Li, you're not thinking that as much as you're thinking her powerful deadly legs. Those legs rendered for Street Fighter Four, which is what we were playing Street Fighter Four Ultra for the PS3. Yeah, those legs are rendered to literally look like trees. Like yeah. there is no feminine sensuality in the way that they depict Chun Li's legs. I think I couldn't disagree more because you you put Zangief beside Chun Li. I think Chun Li keeps a great feminine form and is a fighter, and she singular singularly is such a, a paragon of a feminist because she stood toe to toe with all the dudes in the original Street Fighter and managed to do it with class and dignity mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh. A power to be rivaled. Well, I mean, listen, when she's kicking me in the face 300 times and I can't walk away, I'm going to be mad about it whether she's a dude or a lady. And, and you can bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> so I'm going to skip past all. There's a lot of strains here for uh, for the, the those the, meant to improve your workout. So I was going to say the order of operations right. for this is not uh, snarf a darb and think, oh, I should go work out. It's go, I'm going to go work out and then the exact right moment before you hit the gym then you snarf that yeah you know what you got to be wearing the gym clothes Mm -hmm. like you got to have the shoes on yeah you got to be in the shorts yeah you got to have the tank top going this tank top sweet tea (laughs) sweet tea make make sure those nips aren't poking through oh don't talk to me about nipples anyway continue um and we'll just brush right by yeah that's just (laughs) no thank you we'll just brush right by that um and uh, because if you wanted to take 35 minutes to leave your house 
go ahead and 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 blaze it and then try to get to the gym yeah, it's the, the, the comedy recipe there. for disaster and you'll bring the most ridiculous things you're like how many how many cliff bars do i need five right because <laughs> you start with well one for me well i might want two well, what if i don't go on three ah uh, and if somebody's there it's like hey you have a cliff bar hook a man up and i'm not going to share my cookies and cream cliff bar with this motherfucker because i want it right now especially after i smoke all of this green crack which is the number one strain for hitting the gym <laughs> green crack green crack I, the names can be deceiving high times they don't call it green crack for nothing another sativa dominant hybrid strain green crack invigorates its users with a sharp mental buzz and a huge a huge uptick in energy this daytime strain is sure to keep you focused and energized for your entire workout and won't make you crash at the end i gotta say it sounds pretty good i've had green crack a time or two probably one of my favorite strains of all time super like Super um, uh, prone to paranoia on, on, that, on that strain. It's got to be a uh, it's got to be a gym a gym situation. I think is actually the perfect place for green crack. Now uh, that I'm thinking about now it. Now that we're thinking about Although it. Although I feel like I, I'd feel something pull in my lower back and immediately think that I had wrenched I don't know my heart out of my out of my <laughs> chest and it was falling into my legs and it just it doesn't seem safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real it's a, it's a real risk that you run yeah um you know uh they maybe they should call it the beefcake the beefcake for, for two reasons for mm -hmm. the workout thing and you know goes well with some sorry that's your nickname the beefcake no i'm talking about the strain did we wander into your your slash fiction again <laughs> sorry what talk the to me strain again strain should maybe be called beefcake oh there you go because you're naming strains i see right because if that because the green crack i don't think jim i think alley yeah i think yeah i don't yeah i think <laughs> Look, i think the only weed you gotta shoot man <laughs> oh, oh god oh god yeah I don't, anything that anything that refers because here's the thing we've made a couple jokes about like external drugs i don't the, and anytime someone refers to external like drugs like cocaine or these other drugs with cannabis, it really irritates me, right? Right. Just fundamentally different things. Right. And so I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it's, it's <laughs> funny. We do the thing where we um, we name something very, very broad, a specific thing, drugs. Right. And what's great about the word drugs and uh, is that when you say, oh, I just took some drugs, you could mean a baby aspirin. Sure. Or you could... Uh, that you, you bought know, from mean, the drug mart. Right. Or you, you mean you could be talking about, you know, uh, a thimble full of DMT. Right, that you uh, bought from Bobby the drug mart. Uh, yeah, a, a neurochemical that you synthesized <laughs> in your basement. And that is quite a range. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit of a range. Then, then composite. It's, yeah. it's interesting how many strains... Um, like we had, uh, was a gorilla glue, gorilla glue. Yeah. yeah. And it's yep. just like, I don't, I don't need glue in my, yeah, <laughs> name well, I mean, listen, it, it, it glues you down. Let me yeah, tell you, it I, gives you the glue. And you know what? We talked about gluing earlier. I'm just not giving it a chance. No, get in there. But, and now we know that gorilla glue has been formally sued and is no longer able to be referred to as gorilla glue. The, the law that, that should have been their def defense is like, ah, come on. Come on, man. I come mean, on. listen, if I'm gorilla glue, like the glue manufacturer, yeah. I'm totally cool with there being a weed brand out there or a strain of weed out there called gorilla glue. And you know why? Because it makes my very asinine, sorry, asinine is the wrong word. It makes my very benign product fucking magical right oh yeah man they liked our glue so much they named some weed after it think of all the marketing elements that you can bring into play there you can i mean look at you could go wendy's on that shit you, you can get all aggressive on your social media yeah man you that, suddenly it, got some brand recognition yeah hell yeah man and listen i'm going to the i'm going to i'm going to the canadian tire 
I'm buying me some Gorilla Glue if I'm looking for, you know, a brand of glue to do my shit with. Now, I'm not buying Gorilla Glue. Fuck that, man. You fucked with the weed guys. It's, it's the, you know, lines have been drawn. Yeah, man. They drew, they, and drawn. they're on the wrong side of the argument. Let me tell you. Wrong There's going to be, you, mark, mark my words, one year from now, the, uh, the glue industry going to be dominated by some off-brand Chinese glue. And Mark. And I like <laughs> they put it down. Mark. Put it down. Taking a strong position on that, folks. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. Um, speaking of secondary markets, uh, D-pads being made for the Nintendo Switch. They're, they're, they're putting them in there. Yeah. Are you a D-pad guy? Are you, uh, uh, are you a, you a thumbstick guy? Let me tell you. I am a, it depends on the game, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I am, so that's actually really the answer. It depends on the game. Right. I got to tell you, though, for a fighting game, nothing like a D-pad. Right. You know, we were playing, again, Street Fighter yesterday. The, the, uh, the analog sticks on a fighter game, just not for me. No, no. But any almost anything else, like ever since the N sixty four, I feel like the D pad has been relegated to either completely useless uh, or camera controls. The thing about yeah, I I noticed that. And the thing about the D pad on the fighting game is, in some in some circles, the preferred uh, is the is the joystick yes. because a lot of those moves mm-hmm. require or or are assisted by. A rolling mm-hmm. of the of rolling of the joystick. Right. Uh, if you're thinking a Hadouken for Ryu or it's Atsensuken, mm-hmm. uh, you got that back to forward or forward to back motion. And if you do that a lot of times, it's easy if, if you can roll with it in mm. your hand because you'll notice those same moves simulated with your thumb, mm-hmm. especially on the PlayStation Three controller, mm-hmm. is quite like. Tough on the hands. I find it, it the opposite direction. I find it much easier to navigate those moves with a D-pad. It, the beauty of a D-pad is if you're t- learning the moves and getting them down and understanding them from a technical standpoint, yes. you can enter them with a lot of certainty without having to learn a good movement on the joystick. Right. That makes right? sense. That makes and, sense. And, and it's interesting. The joystick, when you think about it, is originally designed for your whole hand. Right. So that's why when you see the, the, the real competitors of, say, Street Fighter 4 tournament, they have their own deck that they've built that has a, a certain amount of throw on the buttons mm-hmm. and a joystick that they use their whole hand because that's the initial intention on the sure. arcade cabinet. Oh, yeah. You got what's, – what's it called? It's called Gamepad, right? Yeah. You, I, you know, you might call it your – fucking turbo ryu 5000 yes you know what i mean you've picked the certain amount of button resistance that you like and that's when it's easy to do chung lee her turbo kick on that because you're going like this click 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 with your fingers Uh rather than tap 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 with your thumb you can hit them both in sequential so that's when you really unlock what the game was meant to be right we're actually simulating it right it's so fast that's so interesting it's like playing it's like playing a game on an emulator Right. You know, when you get in there and you're playing an N64 game on an emulator or something like that, you're getting the game, but you're not getting the game experience. Right. Right. You're getting a simulated version of that. That's kind of what's going on with Street Fighter. It's like when your cousin tells you a story that he wasn't personally there for. Right. You know, or maybe he was. Fuck maybe he cousins. was. In this analogy, he saw the, the you know, the whatever. Yeah. He's oh, recounting yeah. and you got the idea, but, but you weren't there. there. No, that's right. But you weren't that's there. Right. Uh, so uh, Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku wrote a little, um, wrote a little editorial saying that Mario fans are overly sensitive to spoilers. Really? Yeah, it's neat. I mean, so uh, this is more of a broad topic because, like, I didn't actually witness any of the raging going on on Reddit about when Super Mario Odyssey was being released and some, what you know, seemed to be some pretty nominal things were being released. Like, for example, people were sharing um, photos of Bowser 
letting them know that Bowser was going to be in the game. And yeah, it's a Mario game. You probably assume there's going to be Bowser somewhere. Um, some at, at one point, I think a photo of a tree that is appears somewhere else in Mario artwork or lore, whatever was shared. Um, there was lyrics on the inside of the CD case that was you know shared as well. And there was some outrage and people saying, you know, why, why would you ruin that for me? Why would you share that without telling me explicitly it was a spoiler, right? And to some degree, like, I read his position on it. He believes that people are being a little bit too, a little bit too sensitive. They don't want to know about the game until it shows up in an unmarked envelope and they slide it into their PlayStation I mean, or their, the into, onto their Switch. And they're like, oh, a new Mario game. Because <laughs> what are they supposed to market? They're just like, Mario, giving you a gun. Like, what it, well, sure. But it's not just the marketing from the company, right? Like, I mean, I think that we can all kind of explain that away as canon, right? Like, it's like, sorry, canon and marketing, whatever you want to say about that. But, you know, that's what the company is sharing. That's their message. It's not a spoiler. It's when someone on the internet is like, Oh, check a look at take a look at this screenshot, or take a look at this you know asset, or look what came inside the box. And to some degree, I, listen. I initially came in. There's another dollar in the listen jar. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I initially came to the argument agreeing very much with Ethan and thinking to myself, yeah, these people are being overly sensitive. But I got to be honest with you. There's some experiences in my life that I don't want spoiled at all. I want to experience it 100 percent. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin this for me. Yeah, trailers, for instance, are getting a little bit. They're like, what are we going to tell them in the trailer? Like, how about the entire plot and all its points and then show them the bad guy? And you're like, all right, everybody just relax. Everyone just settle down. <laughs> but it's even the small things. Like I, I think about this lyrics on the inside of the um, on the inside of the game case. I don't. I can't remember what they were. But the reality is that's a special Galaxy little Easter Mario, egg. Mario, destiny. Break some bricks. I can, I'm out of well, it. Sometimes wear a hat. So that's some tunes. That's a tune. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's a little Easter egg for the fan base, right? It's a little bit of fan service. I would want to discover that myself if I was a massive Mario fan. Mm-hmm. I would want to open up the case and be like, that's fucking cool, right? But let me ask you a question. Is that just a byproduct of being on the internet? Do you just do you have to take responsibility for any spoilers you come across? I think to some degree there's some accountability it's there. Volu- you're volunteering yourself into the social space. Just mm-hmm. like um, you know, back in the day, if you missed the game, mm-hmm. you when it walked into the bar where people who have seen the game are might be talking about it, they go to talk to you, you might think the first thing you say is, I haven't seen the game. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're if you're jumping on the front page of Reddit or uh, you know, uh, tuning into um, uh, uh, Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just might see some shit. You just might see some shit. You, you might know Snape killed Dumbledore. They might, well. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> At Statue of Limitations is like 10 years. Is it 10 years? I think so. <laughs> yeah, like, I think so. Makes sense. Bill Clinton was once the president. It's true. Yep. Damn it. I was going to learn the history. <laughs> it's going to be on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know where I sit on this necessarily. Um, I'm someone who in the past has gone to great lengths to discover everything about a game before it launches. Right. What I've discovered is I'm often not as excited when it comes because yeah, I know so much about you've it. You've gone right through it already. Yeah, well, and it's to a lesser degree with like in-game content as well. It's almost... When I was a kid, I bought the Prima Strategy Guide for Ocarina of Time. I'm shamed, I'm shamed by that fact, but I bought the Strategy Guide and I was like, I'm just going to use it to defeat this very challenging part in Zelda, which was the tonsil. In, in Jabu Jabu's belly, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the uvula. That, the uvula. That it's the hanging down looks like a punching bag thing, Yeah. Right? That's I, a uvula. It's a uvula. Is, uh, is a different It's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Well, you have to hit the uvula with your boomerang. 
You got to get in there. But there's a <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a glass. You turn into my cousin Murray again. There, uh, hey. Hit the uvula with hit, your boomerang. Get the boomerang in there. But there's a glass wall in front of you, and so troublesome. Troublesome. If you're throwing your boomerang, it keeps hitting the glass wall. This there's, it feels like there's a metaphor there about uh, you know Link's rights. That's right. Just can't get the boomerang past get the glass wall. You're like, I, don't I know. get it, man. Yeah, I get it, man. It's glass ceilings, glass walls, well, glass floors. It's all, all about. Around us. It's all around us. Um, it's a glass. Eye. So all you had to do really was to walk back like three feet mm -hmm. and throw your boomerang sure. no longer hits the glass wall i bought a prima strategy guide <laughs> <laughs> to overcome this yeah. and reading the strategy guide i realized i was being stupid because yeah. they were like you just all you have to do is step a little bit away from the wall for an unobstructed shot i learned the word unobstructed there ask my dad anyhow um <laughs> I will ask your dad. All that being said, that's the only thing I needed the Prima Strategy Guide for. Right, done. However, I then went and read the rest of the Prima Strategy Guide because I was excited about the game. Right. I've got a Zelda game. I've got all this information on it. I've got screenshots. Oh, look at these fish people. Oh, look at this boss. But by the time I get to Morpha in the water, pardon me, the water temple, uh, by the time I get to her, I already know all about her. I've known I were intimate. Yes. I've I've looked at that page many times. And um and there's just something something lost, I feel, when a fresh, you know, uh surprise gets spoiled in that fashion. You're like, Gannon, I presume. Gannon, <laughs> yes. Oh, I've seen you before, yes. It, you know, uh it's so interesting because you were talking about uh, the video games and spoilers. Our experience with or at least mine with video games is a lot of rented video games. So you wouldn't really know about a game unless your friend had it when you go to the to rent it and it's on the shelf and you know very little about it and the first thing you do on the ride home is you what you read the manual right Oh yeah you that, get that manual open That was that was the move oh, and yeah. you know what came after that it's like you mentioned strategy guides oh. I'd played Star Fox all a bunch of times and I was like ooh Star Fox Star Fox strategy guide is 20 bucks mm -hmm. which is a lot of money for me at the time that's four trips to the store for popping chips let me tell you buddy you Says, got some ruffles and you got some coke yeah and you got uh maybe even some smarties on the way out poutine get in there get champ. in there man dollar fifty live a little but mm -hmm. you know and it unlocked all this stuff and, you, and it's it's interesting because we have access to that just by the virtue of the internet yeah man and like to, to a game for you to play it from start to finish without hitting the internet about it what do you think the chance that's an, ach that's an achievement now Right. I right. get the game on Steam. I'd look at it thoroughly before I buy it and get a review on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's very so different. Do you remember the strategy guides of old on the internet? Like the first when the when the first uh, people were writing guides on the internet, they were purely text. Right. Right. It was game and facts. Still, still exists. If game you FAQs. Want a thick, yeah. Uh, you know, just boom, block of text. You um, recent games where you can go back. Final Fantasy VII. If you want to map out that 70-hour journey, sure. if you wanted to print it out, that's it's like 10 inches of paper. <laughs> yeah, man, that's interesting. <laughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> I find a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, strategy guide has gone the way of the dodo because of YouTube. It's like, right. oh, there's a universally challenging part in this video game that I can't beat. I bet you there's like six billion other people that are also stuck there. Click it in on the YouTube. Yeah. Part where Lara Croft has to jump across lava with seagulls pecking at her hair. Yeah. And uh, you got it. You got like six videos in multiple languages um, with subtitles and captions and, you know, streamers, all yeah. sorts of things. 
as you are get stuck in a game and you're googling for the answer sure you progressively feel dumber yes as you find nothing about it because you sure. realize where you're on the bell curve of people that couldn't figure that out <laughs> you're like oh nobody else couldn't figure oh, this you out. are the only one you start to think it's my game's broken is must be what it yeah, is that's right it. that's it that's it and there's the there's the the guilty version of that is where you you're googling something and you post on a message board oh why does batman i can't get him to glide anywhere and uh, am i doing something wrong and that's what the developers put in if you pirated the game. Batman won't glide. <laughs> and so you go and out yourself on the message board. That's funny. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. Working as intended. Um, yeah, well, I mean, man, it's it's just like, you know, streaming and uh, content that is readily available at a you know, a fingertip is obviously the world we live in right now. Yeah. EA, for example, um, says they actually, you know, here's, here's taking away a, a full stop, taking away a ritual of sports game fans for time immemorial every year there's brand new sports game comes out Madden FIFA whatever MLB the show they might be doing EA says they might be doing away with all of that and just continue to perpetually update um, their sports game so if you bought Madden you've got Madden and then they're probably going to monetize you and sell you you know a team or sell you a roster update or sell you you know a new whatever skin for your I mean I always thought that because like once you've made baseball sure and, and, you know, the, the video game mechanics and program where they all are, are once you've made baseball, what are you doing other than updating players and adding DLCs? Well, and you're playing with the physics, I presume. You're, like, playing with the realism. But, like, th that can only go Do so you think far. That, like, at some point, that's just off the table. Right. I feel like the next thing is, like, oh, we have an active AI that will figure anything out. Yes. Um, you know, like, it, um, it runs its own world. And, like... <laughs> uh, different political things that happen like the astros just blew it up so you know uh where's the astros from philly no no, no nah, alabama no nah, nah. i should have picked a team you i should have watched the world series what should have happened the, the the astros are from houston ah houston Texas. Astros. yeah there i go. don't remember what listen rough year for houston good year for the astros so yeah that's true the astros yeah it up. they they deserve to win this year but the astros god bless you they are become, let's say they become the, or the mets become the most winningest team yes and uh and you know jersey is it rises from the, the mets from jersey is it jersey? a whole like a whole city of people are angry at you right now. <laughs> i can do, I can do two more. <laughs> what do you mean oh the mets are from new york but now they're from fucking Jersey. Yeah, the, what do you mean? The Boston <laughs> Metropolitans? Is that it? No, bro. They're from New York. The New York Mets. I don't believe oh, it. Oh, dude. That is a bad is a, <laughs> It's a good thing there's probably not a lot of sports fans listening to this right now. First, you eliminate them with video games. Yeah. There's still some sports fans that uh, right. you know they're into video games. Then you hit them with the weed thing. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think, I think that EA stopping the release of new sports games and just doing this perpetual cycle of updating makes a lot of sense. It's interesting to see what other games will go in that direction. Presumably anything with an annual release. Like we're talking about, like obviously the, the buzz topic right now is games as a service. Um, and I think personally some of that is good, some of that's bad. Yeah. In this case, it seems like a kind of a good thing. Uh, it's smart on a business side because what game loses its value faster than a, a, a sports you're game? Not, you're not buying FIFA 13. Right. And Never. You, you go to the bargain, bargain is been in EA. What is it? It's like... 50 copies of NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, man, you know that's I mean? it. That's or, it. Or, or, you know, it, 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 the mainstream ones especially. So I think it's a smart business move because mm -hmm. nobody's making money off those deprecated games. Totally. Um, did you hear – did you hear that – oh, wow, this is crazy. So the Corona guys, guys who make Corona, 
invested $191 million and bought up 9.9% of Canopy, which is a Canadian uh, licensed producer's shares. Um, so what does that mean? So, Andy? Well, I mean, this is a, this is a, one of the most mainstream beer companies out there buying shares in a marijuana growing company. Oh, wow. Um, and there's a chance, like the, the, the talk is about whether they might be moving towards making non-alcoholic THC beverages. And is this a, a, a Mexican owned companies? Crona not nah, owned by dude, one of the, is nah. it Anheuser-Busch that no, owns it's, them? It's called Constellation is Constellation. the name of the, yeah, Constellation right, right, right. is the name of the brand. They're, yeah, thoroughly American. In, in, oh, are they? Oh, yeah, not, not from Mexico. Uh, so the, Mexico. I, the idea is either they're diversifying into some flower product. Sure. Or are they going to make a common product like a weed beer in which case i'd say just drop corona light and it'll sell better than that <laughs> voted the worst beer in the world in 2008 really? corona light I, I believe my fact is correct I'm okay not. well yeah. we'll we won't fact check that but it sounds reasonable some yeah um, get at us on twitter dude honestly like we need to make a twitter just so people can get i think we precluded that we're gonna we can't have a twitter now <laughs> Yeah, well, I, listen, I think it's interesting. I think weed-infused beverages, I mean, they're already a thing. I think that, you know, for a mainstream company like Constellation, the Corona folks, to uh, to pursue doing something like that is just a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. um, it's neat. It's a neat uh, investment into a Canadian company that um, just kind of proves out the legitimacy of marijuana and the Green Rush. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I would drink it. What about you? Um, I'll try it. Um, you know, there is a number of uh, liqueurs that are – based on botanicals, herbaceous, uh, you know, sure. uh, whether it be gin or... Uh, gin makes me weepy. It makes you weepy? It makes me cry. It makes me cry a little. Man, it's yeah. like... I get really sensitive on gin. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you want to hurt my feelings, give me some gin and Just, juice first. Yeah. Which is not good because, like, if you're trying to be gangster and you're rolling with a little gin and juice, yeah. last thing you want to be doing is crying. But, like, good Christmas card... You know, uh, and some gin, and I'm in tears. Yeah, pour me a Tom Collins and break my heart. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's the name of our upcoming single uh, here at Purple Dungeon Squid. With that, uh, Dan, Dan, I think we got to shut her down. Um, uh, I, if I can get just sure. the last word on this, it's like, um, uh, it's a good business decision because sure. uh, the research shows that as people smoke more marijuana, mm -hmm. they drink less alcohol. That's right. And actually, in uh, the the states that has been legalized, mm -hmm. there's been a dramatic drop in um, alcohol sales. Well, sure, but also any kind of uh, drunk driving charges and deaths. There's oh. been a major re reduction there, um, and crime in general. And what's interesting is um, that people worried it might go the other way. Sure. Um, and you even have a couple groups pointing to, oh, there's a spike of crime here. And what's interesting is a spike of, cr of crime that was seen in those areas. If you have these businesses doing very, very well and being legalized on the state level, but taking an income that's going to be assessed on the federal level, the mm -hmm. banks haven't decided if they can take your marijuana money. Mm -hmm. So you have these businesses having hundreds of thousands and in some cases of the millions in of cash. dollars in cash um and you know after a, f a couple of them got knocked off mm -hmm. um they started hiring mercenaries uh, oh yeah man you gotta yeah. you gotta get, <laughs> like, you gotta get some black ops soldiers outside to guard your weed money yeah like because when the nuts that big no oh, yeah do you know what i mean and and so that's you did see some of that and folks pointed towards that kind of crime but it, it, sure, that, in the stats but uh you know once they start blame the weed man blame you know, the weed. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean can you imagine it's like the bank going back to having like big bags of with dollar signs on yeah, them. Yeah, like, pretty oh, weird. They're, they're in the back. Yeah, except they're not protected by, you know, 
the bank, they're protected by Harry, who yeah. owns a dispensary in, uh, you know, Wisconsin. Well, and the funny thing is, normally um, the Wisconsin, police not Wisconsin, but you know, gets yeah. a direct taste of that money. Sure. Because civil forfeiture says that normally these guys that are making this money in this market, we walk in and we take, let's say, a hundredth or a thousandth or ten thousandth of it mm-hmm. and absorb it through civil, civil forfeiture laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do the police then... Uh, uh, get their funds, well, hopefully through taxes, mm-hmm. right? And if you're going to tax my weed money, because if they're taking it in correctly uh, and they can go through uh, their federal taxes, that's the way out the police should get that funding. Sure. So it takes the police from a force that's oppressing people and putting them in jail. Around takes, weed. Yeah, around, around weed. weed yeah. And puts them that as a benefit to make their other activities easier. Right. You get to hire more cops. They don't have to deal with that. It makes a police officer's life better. Right, sure. Uh, oh, know? in a lot of ways. In, in a lot of ways. so many ways. Sure. And uh, there's a great podcast uh, uh, with Joe Rogan and Michael, I think it's Woods is his last name. Mm. He's a retired uh, police officer, but he, didn't re- he, he quit the Boston Police force mm-hmm. and uh, was on one of the he was the too much of a Mets fan to stick around <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely and uh, and he talks about in a really intelligent way you know all the good the police are trying to do but also where the problems are and he, sure. he can speak frankly about it um, in a way that uh, I haven't, you know, you don't get the opportunity to hear a lot. So I recommend that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, it, it's, it's, listen, there's going to be so many interesting perspectives from people who are around cannabis as it, as it, you know, the legalization continues and rolls out al- around states and countries. And, um, you know, you're going to hear it from the perspective from law enforcement and you're going to hear the perspective from, um, you know, the insurance people and the perspective from, uh, you know, the economy. And it's, it's going to be fascinating to find out what the real impact of cannabis legalization actually is right yeah anyway that's some that's some deep dank conversation you bet oh yeah so listener questions or games you want us to play if you want to actually have a little bit of input a little bit of agency over the purple dungeon squid podcast here um, please flip us an email purple dungeon squid at gmail.com you can address it to dank dan the dankest man in the land (laughs) (laughs) and recommend us to a friend or don't Uh, you know whether that that flies for you or doesn't because I'm not out of your dad, so yeah, whatever you, you need to do. <laughs> and finally, make sure you follow us on Instagram, at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time, folks, keep it dank and keep it digital. Or uh, analog, if you're into that kind of thing. And remember, if, if it ain't sticky, it's game over. <laughs>